to classified data. Welcome to the full force. The team Warrant Officer Flint is about to assemble is no ordinary group of people. They are drawn from the world's best military sources, experts in their chosen fields. Combined, they form the most able set of specialists ever assembled. Their name... And now, you shall feel my wrath. Oh, I could get a real kick out of that. What the bloody fool blazes is going on? And now, you shall feel my wrath. Oh, I could get a real kick out of that. What the bloody fool blazes is going on? <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the full Tiger Force Force. I'm Chris McLeod, aka Tiger Force 80, and I'm joined as always by fellow members Eddie, Tiger Force Sneak Pete, <laughs> Sneak Peek at Jimmy Savile in the shower Inman, and Dave, Tiger Force Frostbite on my tree. On this instalment of your favourite action Tiger Force Force based three to four hour Grundle heavy podcast, we have the news brought to you by Justin Tiger Force Hit and Run and Left the Kid to Die Bell at generalsjoes.com. We take an in-depth look at the European Tiger Force exclusives in the figure review. Justin Tiger Force Hit and Ran so fast the police couldn't catch him Bell again returns to Generals Joe and Tell with a look at Tiger Force Barricade and the Tiger Force Cobra Ice Ninja from the Tiger Force Collectors Club episode 4.0. And stop it all off, we have an awesome competition where one of you lucky listeners could win two custom handcrafted t-shirts from dead gent clothing full tiger force force everyone is a willy as always you can keep up with the show after listening by following on twitter at the full tiger force force liking the facebook page facebook.com slash the full tiger force force and if you'd like to contact the show you can write to us via email on the full tiger force force at all the cool stuff.co.uk with feedback questions or to ask why won't any real sponsors give us money for this it's probably due to all the f***s and shits. you can view content regarding the show on www.thefulltigerforceforce.com by the way if you want to find us on any of these platforms in real life then just just drop the Tiger Force part, and if you don't know how to get hold of us by now, then I very much doubt your commitment to our cause. So, boys, how have you been? How's things? We'll start with Eddie. Oh, oh, oh okay, start with me. Hello, Chris. <laughs> Hello, De- uh, Eddie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm so... Oh, Im- God. I, I'm so important in Chris's <laughs> life that he thinks that I'm Dave. But... <laughs> That kind of troubles me that, that, somewhat. That, that, that shows how really unimportant you are. Yeah. Oh. I love both of you equally. Like, you're, no, you're my no, children. Like, poo, like Chris, something you trod in. Chris, uh, this changes the whole ball game. Uh, now that you've referred to me as Dave. I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's right. Don't worry about my feelings, um, as I don't really have any. <laughs> Right. Okay. So uh, I'm good, Chris. I'm 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 happy. Happy as a pig in the proverbial. <laughs> yes, in sweet. My <laughs> is growing. Still. Every, How yeah, old are you? Still. Thirty-nine. It's like the longest puberty ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's been going on for decades. <laughs> Honestly. That would make Honestly. your knob like four thousand miles long. It's fairly long. Yeah. Yeah. Fairly long. <laughs> good. I'm glad. <laughs> People walk up it. It's like the uh, new Channel Tunnel. <laughs> this is uh, this has lost all our sponsors now. I think. Is it like uh, an extendable bridge? It does have yeah. one. Yeah. Eddie yeah. Bridge Layer Inman. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you have to pull. Go get the bridge uh, layer. Get, get the yeah. bridge layer. 
<laughs> Chrissy <laughs> call two the, phones. Call the Chrissy two phones. Call the bridge layer. Get the bridge layer. Bloody hell! Look how many skins he's got. <laughs> we call it the false skin. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm very well, Chris. Uh, uh, let's remove ourselves from the tangent that we just went on. Uh, very well. Uh, everything's good in my world. Um, I'm I'm working hard, kind of. Even though I've just had twenty something odd days off. Sweet. I'm working two days this week, and then I'm going to have another seven days off. Uh, so I've been flat out, flat out. <laughs> All the time. It's very difficult. I'm very stressed. Life is a b- and uh, all sorts of shenanigans. Yeah. It was lovely to see you, by the way, on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Uh, farthest from. We had lols. Yeah, the lols, lols were plenty. had. So, Dave, how did the show go? Because obviously that's that's your baby. Uh, before Dave starts, I just want to interject oh. for everyone listening. We were at a show on Sunday. The Four Force team was there in its entirety. Chris and I talked a lot. We had a few laughs. And uh, didn't we, Chris? It was great. <laughs> yes. And we didn't manage to really speak to Dave at all. Because uh, <laughs> Dave was on fire. All his shredded wheat hair was burning. <laughs> And we stood on the sidelines and didn't speak. And then a few days later, now that we're dotted all around the country, we get to talk. Yeah, it's mental. It's crazy. Dave was a very busy boy, weren't you, Dave? He was indeed, yeah. Well, Dave. It was uh, pretty mad. For the most part, the show's always like pretty busy anyway. This one all went out the window. Farthest from, as far as shows go, is one of the easiest ones to do. Uh, it's <laughs> literally opposite the shop. And Still it's open in a... half an hour late, though, didn't you? It, it, well, I, I I will get to this in a second, um, but it uh, is in a small hole. There's only so much you can do within there. But a few days beforehand, managed to come across uh, a a, 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 a something that we were working on for ages, but a uh, haul of Palatoy stuff, which I really wasn't expecting it to be what it was. And it was much better than anything I would have expected. And it just threw everything out. Now, we were late opening up because I needed to print off the price list, which I didn't have a printer in the shop, so I then had to go home and print that out. And we got flamed on Echo Base, the, uh, a, a, a very uh, helpful Facebook group. So nobody's ever complained about Farthest From up to this point ever. Everybody's always been super complimentary, saying that uh, it's yeah. a great show. It's the only place you see all vintage stuff put together and then you get a bunch of guys who've never been to a show before congregate through their their sort of social media platform and they were like it opened late there wasn't enough stalls didn't care about the presentations it was really cold the weather <laughs> and it was and it, you're just like looking at this and you're like ah and I, I just literally put on there very sorry you feel this way if you'd like me to refund your three pounds <laughs> I, I will gladly do so. But I have a question to Echo Base, just in case they are listening. Since when does Dave have control of the weather over Forwarding Bridge? And why are you it, all it, bellends, would it, be it, my next question. It, it, it was quite funny because um, Wayne was being quite civil in responses. And I, I just went, right, so we need more stalls, even though there's probably about 20 vintage dealers left in the country. And they can't all make this one show. So check, open on time, check, forget presentations, even though that's your opportunity to learn for free, check, make sure that the early bird doesn't really count, check, and control the weather, check. <laughs> it, 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 it was just ridiculous. But like all that for three 
three pounds. It was like the level of expectation. And like I said, up to this point, everybody's been like, man, this is great. And even even at the show, you had a former Guinness Book of Records collector, person who had like the, the world's largest Star Wars collection. He was... Oh, I thought he had the world's largest collection of uh, Guinness Book of Records. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite quite possibly. You got uh, a, a, a super collector from like uh, the States who's written several books. Uh, you've got a guy who's like the forefront of font of all knowledge for like the 12 inch action figure range. I was and there probably, as well. Uh, so. and, and, and Chris was there. <laughs> uh, you had all these people and yet they didn't interact with oh. any of them at all. And you just kind of like, oh, this is really difficult because you want people to come and enjoy it and grow and interact and engage. And oh, I don't know, they just didn't. There was an irony there. I mean, I I, I apologise saying the reason for the lateness was needed to get this stuff. And I, I, I did apologise, but it didn't seem to make a blind bit of difference. And that's when I ultimately just said, well, if you want your three quid back, because that's all it is. And there were people there saying that if you go to memorabilia, you could be queuing two hours to get in and paying 15 quid and then not seeing any vintage at all. And if you're going to Celebration Europe in the summer, if you don't like queuing, do not buy a ticket to that show. But uh, I, th- I think that's just internet more than anything else. Yeah. It, and it, 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 was, it was just a real bummer. But did I tell you guys, um, I mean... We had a good time, mate. So the, the, la- the last few episodes, Eddie has had the misfortune of one thing or another. Did I, did I tell you guys what happened to me on Sunday night? Is this the no. whole tramp scenario? Yeah. Okay, go for it. <laughs> did, did I tell you, Eddie? No, no. Yeah, I reversed over someone. <laughs> <laughs> did you <They're> bad yeah <laughs> brilliant <laughs> did you kill them <laughs> it was really possibly weird. really really weird so setting up putting all the grid wall in the, the town hall and plastic shelves and stuff like that i left at just gone midnight uh drove home and round the back of the house we have my car and chloe's car and then i can park my van because it's so small in the middle of the of the two and it's against the wall and i reverse back and as i'm reverse as i reverse back because the van is more off is is probably the one that's least used it's created a little groove in the gravel so that when you're going back you just feel a little bit of resistance and you know you've hit the groove so that's when you don't stop and park up otherwise you're just going to hit the wall and i'm i'm lined up i'm reversing back and i'm just looking in the side mirror and i've got the the redness of the bricks I'm just going back, just waiting for that little bit of resistance, just looking in the side view mirror, and then all of a sudden, this face and this hand appeared <laughs> in, the, in the side mirror, and I was like, stopped like shit, like was this. It a T-Rex. Yeah, it was, and they were much closer than objects appear in the mirror. I did wonder how Mark Boland died. And so I, I, I <laughs> shot forward. I got out, and he, here's the thing. I wasn't thinking... Are you oh, okay? God, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I've just run. I actually thought, this is this a guy trying to break into the cars or something like that? So I just got out, and he was just lying on the ground. <laughs> so I honestly don't know, but it would have been close. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like... Because he, he literally was like that. He was Pat uh, Butcher from EastEnders. Yeah, and, and, and I... And I <laughs> And I wasn't going to touch him just in case he had um, like a a knife or something like that. And in the end, he he got up and I was just like repeatedly saying, like, what do you think you're doing? You know, what are you doing here? And he said, uh, where where am I? And I said, well, where do you think you are? And he goes, oh, Fawn Bridge. I was like, yes. 
but where am I now? And I said, you're around the back of my house, like between asleep between two cars. Then, then, what, did you, then what did you say to Chloe? Uh, <laughs> Stop drinking, love. Get yeah, back in the house. Get in. Exactly. Come on, love. So, my tea's so not she, ready yet. Put your knickers on and make a cup of tea. <laughs> so I told him, turn right, turn right again, and then you're in the town centre. And he shuffled off so he, he could walk. Close enough. He's fine. I parked up and I, I, I was like, <laughs> I want to double check because it, it was like super, super weird. And he didn't turn right. He went left. And from what I could make out, he then just crashed out in the uh, fire brigade's car park say into a fire that had been really harsh and then i just set fire to him because he's a tramp it was really it <laughs> was like really, really scary because it was like something out of a horror movie all of a sudden like within the like ring. a foot left this this face appeared in the, in the side mirror and this arm up and i was saying to chloe that i'm glad he did wake up because either i was crushing him or, or something at this point against the brick wall that would have been sweet if you but if i'd come out in the morning and he was crushed under the van that would have caused hell for the show because there's no way i would have been able to leave the the scene to like come and set up a show the the ambulance and the police and it's like really weird anyway wayne had to go get some uh tea and coffee in that where we serve drinks uh throughout the show and he had to go to uh the local tesco's and he came back he said i, th- I think i found the guy was he wearing a uh blue hoodie and i was like yeah, covered in blood blue or gray i can't because you know, it was like pitch black and he said i think he's just like down by the car park so we walked down there and he's like yeah there he is it's <laughs> like you're right mate because oh, i've had a really rough night <laughs> amazing got, got run over by jack nicholson but, uh... did i <laughs> <laughs> well it's either that or sure luke picard I'll, I'll be honest all that was at that point because i wasn't wheat. i wasn't worried about the guy at all all i wanted to do was go to bed it was just like yeah. what the f- is this guy doing around the back of our house asleep between two cars i mean he was off his head it, it, it wasn't alcohol it was have you had a word with chloe because she might be cheating on you <laughs> <laughs> with trampy mctramp balls oh you never know well, you never know pose, i mean that, that, that's question. Bad. well mate that's that's a tough weekend but we had a we had a blast anyway at your um your expense so yeah. thank you very much for setting that up i do have a just a casual observation about my existence which uh which i've got to mention i've noticed recently every time I, I i get in the shower every single time it doesn't matter what i've been eating but my left hand smells of beef crisps what? That's good. I, I don't I don't know what it is, and I don't I don't know why it is, but every single time, my left hand are you, smells of beef crisps. Are you being truly honest with us right now, Eddie? I'm, I'm being absolutely honest. You, that is 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 that something that you get when you're having a heart attack, where you like you kind of smell funny things? And I don't know. That's the weirdest thing I've ever. That's the weirdest symptom. We're gonna have to get house on this yeah that is the weirdest thing i've ever heard I've in got my life beef crisp pan and it doesn't matter what i eat if i if i eat cheese or ham and cheese just for argument's sake um then i decide to go and have a shower just after i've eaten ham and cheese because i've soiled myself oh my god my my left hand smells of beef crisps I... do the mass stephen hawking where are you bud Tell me. Tell well, me what's going on we'll, in the universe. We'll put, that, we'll put that out to the listeners. If you uh, know why Eddie's hand smells of beef crisps all the time, send us an email on <laughs> eddie.beefcrispfingers at <laughs> compuserve.org. Anyway, uh, moving on from the most ridiculous intro I think I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> existence. 
uh, we have the news brought to you again, once again, by Justin Bellend at General's Joe's. The first item in the news tonight is G.I. Joe Legacy Part 4. The fourth and final story in the G.I. Joe Legacy series is now up on Amazon as Troy Osgood completes the epic tale with Cobra Blackjack. The synopsis reads, They say you can't fight aging. They just didn't fight hard enough. Blackjack just spent ten years in a Russian prison deep in Siberia. The world and the person he was sworn to protect have changed in that time, and now the mercenary has to find out how he fits in this strange new world. If he even still can. Age catches up with all of us, and it's running alongside Blackjack. An assignment to a small island in Indonesia might be just what he needs, but others have been there before, and the mystery of the island just might prove to be too much. With the series complete, you can finally get all parts of the story via Amazon now. Each author has put so much into this project, and have all been responsible for creating new and interesting characters that are now part of the G.I. Joe folklore. Not to mention the fact that Bill Nedro's stiletto will be made into a figure, something we are all look forward to seeing very soon. Now go get Troy Osgood's contribution to this awesome story. Troy Osgood's fourth part, uh, The Blackjack, is out. Do you guys have anything to add on this? Yeah, I was just going to say uh, I'm waiting for the sequel. The Fruit Salad. <laughs> <laughs> this just means I'm going to have to put another picture in the show notes. But Which means probably nothing to anybody outside the UK. That is brilliant. No, it's not. It was a really bad joke. No, it wasn't. That's perfect. <laughs> Fruit salads and blackjacks. Anyway, Cobra Blackjack and G.I. Joe fruit salad. Put in a picture of a 5p mix-up. <laughs> With one of the paper bags. Yes. Yeah. Like a, have a shrimp in there. Oh, and yeah. a, and a chocolate banana. Sauce. A chocolate banana, yeah. Gotta love those. Chocolate covered bananas are amazing. Yeah. I love those. Co- cola bottles. Cola bottles. Oh. oh, I love cola bottles. I just want to yeah. go to... There's a there's a vintage sweet shop in Hunstanton. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go over there now and just ram raid the f***. I'm going to drive a tramp through the window. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Botcon 2016 reveals G.I. Joe Transformers crossover set. Details are still slim at the moment, but word out of Botcon is that the Transformers Collectors Club has announced a new Transformers G.I. Joe crossover set, including Cobra Commander in a dark blue uniform, Dr. Biggles Jones, and Ninja Force effing Scarlet. Ratbat and G2 Deco Megatron are also in the set. Scarlet will join the growing number of Ninja Force characters in the modern style alongside Slice, Dice, Chebang, Nunchuck, Dollar General Storm Shadow, and Dollar General Dinsu. Cobra Commander appears to be the Dollar General build in dark blue, and Dr. Biggles Jones has a really cool look to her with the upturned collar and the white repainted Rise of Cobra Snake Eyes jacket, just like her comic appearance. Megatron will be a repaint of the 2004 Legends class scale figure, which is rather disappointing, but it'll be translucent green. The masterpiece Ratbat is pretty cool in the comic colors deco, and will help to satisfy collectors that didn't want to buy a masterpiece Sound Blaster just for the cassette. All in all, a cool set that homages a Marvel comic that and both franchises. I can't wait to see the packaging for this, possibly something similar to the San Diego Comic-Con crossover boxes we've seen in the past. We will keep you up to date on this developing story in coming episodes. This looks f***ing awesome. So we've got from BotCon this news that we're going to get this really neat little crossover set uh, with both clubs. And we've got the Marvel, I think the homage from issue 142 is when, you know, um, they're, they're getting these uh, characters specifically. 
but we've got Ninja Force Scarlet, which is a very awesome first modern version of Scarlet in this uh, sub-team uniform. We've got a dark blue Cobra Commander, which, yeah, we've seen a trillion Cobra Commanders, but uh, this is a dark blue one, so yay. Dr. Biggles Jones, lols. Again, first, this is the first appearance of this particular character, so, you know, again, quite a cool little um, homage. And then we also get Rat Bat, Masterpiece Rat Bat, sorry, uh, in comic colours and uh, Megatron in his G2 colours but it's the old, uh, what was it, 2004 Legends repaint. Apparently it's going to be in translucent green plastic which is quite cool again. Personally I would have loved to have seen that G2 colours on that Megatron, the Combiner Wars Megatron that came out of, like last year or, th- or earlier this year Dave, you might be able to Help me on that one. Was it early this year or last year? This is going to scare you. Two years ago. Don't say two years ago. It was back when the boss fight Kickstarter. That Combiner Wars Megatron was then. No, it's not Combiner Wars. It was Generations. um, It was when we were doing the Kickstarter because uh, the... Damn, that's a long-ass time London Film and Comic Con. Yeah. We were at that and I had them there. Jeez. And I had one, I don't know if you remember, I had one table and I, it was one of those ones where you literally had to squeeze behind and you, I, you were covering it, but I had them at that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn. Uh, that so that is time ago. more than two years ago. Okay. Two years ago this well, summer. I would have loved to have seen the G2 colors on that thing, but obviously I understand the cost with that. So uh, I understand why they've done it, but it seems to well. I, I I honestly think I might actually buy another oh, one of those. I'm really sorry. I thought you meant the 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 little dude. No, no, no. I'm talking about like a bigger oh. Megatron that you could then do in G2 yeah. colors that would that would look a little bit better scale. No, no, that that was figures. this time last year. Okay, cool. That's not too bad then. Sorry, I thought you meant the Legends size one. No, 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 no. I'd sorry. like I'd like to see the yeah that. Um, so it was the Combiner Wars one I was talking about then. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Okay. Cut all bad, of that out. Bad, bad. <laughs> Cut all of that out to make us appear less retarded. What do you guys think of this set in particular, Dave? <laughs> Weird as f- <laughs> I'm not as excited for this, if I'm honest, as I was for the previous crossover Yeah, like the Marissa Fairborn and the old snake. And partly because I didn't have... Uh, I wasn't reading the comics at this point, so I didn't have that like childhood signpost association. And I will be saying it a lot in this particular episode with Tiger Force. But so Ninja Force Scarlet and Dr. Biggles Jones. Well, Dr. Biggles, little Biggles Jones is, is like meaningless to me in, in that sense. Uh, it, it's, it's cool, it's a character that hasn't been done before. To me. The repaint of. Can, can I just say one more thing, actually, Dave, on, on the Biggles Jones point is yeah. that Pete revealed that they were going to do a Dr. Biggles Jones uh, character at Rollout Roll Call um, way back when. And um, we weren't allowed to talk about it at the time for obvious reasons, but obviously we can now. uh, Or we probably can't now, but who gives a shit, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) What are they going to do? What are they going to (laughs) do? I'm kidding, by the way. But he did, he brought uh, up, he made me bring up a couple of images of her on my computer. Um, I had to sift through all the pornography first. But um, he brought a couple of those pictures up to show the, the, the crowd in the room and said, what do, you, what do you guys think about this particular character? So obviously it was on their radar at the time. I'm not sure if it was in this set, but what I would imagine happened was when the kind of crossovers were happening, they probably thought, well, Dr. Biggles Jones appears in this G.I. Joe Transformers crossover. 
we can probably throw in a few more characters and build a set out of it rather than just one character you know much like the marissa fairborn an old snake where it's one character on its own with a transformers kind of uh, tie-in so this way they're doing lots of different characters and probably do, do you think this will be one big set or do you think it will be split up into a couple of sets dave one big set okay cool just checking um, um. but the the, the, <laughs> the masterpiece ratbat is very cool yeah i like, I like that it's the uh, it's it's another way for their collectors to get it without having to buy the sound blaster as well isn't it the it's more in tune with the 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 cartoon colors right rather than the um the the toy one that came um, out yeah uh and i think that's called the cobra commander i'm indifferent to uh why because <laughs> you said you're offended then. no I'm, I'm messing around how many versions are we up to now with Cobra Commander? Is it like sixty something? Hundred. Yeah, I don't know, but mental. And the, and the Megatron's cool because it's like a holographic version. But the Ninja Force, the, the the cherry in this one, I think will be for for, for folk or, or motivation for the GI Joe collectors will be the Ninja Force Scarlet. Yeah, that's neat. I'll get it. Well, can get it all right. Uh, You'll get uh, it, mate. But uh, I'm not as hyped as I would have been for for the last two sets. Hyper uppercut, Tiger, Tiger Force uppercut. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, Eddie, any interest here with you, or is this something that you just would rather stick pins in your bash hat? Uh, to be fair, I'd rather oh. shove a sword down my urethra. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> no, that's no cool. they're, they're, they're very. The very, very, yes, and I like pull it out, so it goes Ooh. the opposite way. Well, like, all right, don't try and get me hard um, at this stage, because then I'll just have to start. Thing, so. Well, t- to be fair, uh, what are you wearing, Chris? Uh, to be fair, um, <laughs> I'm a little bit uh, nonplussed by by this. That's fine, and that's why we have you on the show. Um, I think. It's- <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, we you want you- uh, do you want honesty or do you want me to bull? I want you honesty, which is exactly fine. You know, we all have different... Which is exactly folk. fine. It's exactly so you want me to fine. No, it's Chris, exactly this is great. fine. I love everything about it. The, the set is amazing. You don't have to do this. I want to insert them in areas of my body. <laughs> uh, they're just brilliant. Hang on. Um, no, I you definitely want to insert them. Into, that's not a lie. No, that's true, yeah. <laughs> just all the other stuff about liking them. <laughs> no, well, they're, yeah, but it's 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 just not it's for not me. It's ballpark, and that's no, totally, you know. totally cool. I, I, there are people out there that will buy them and, and, and appreciate them for what they are, and I won't be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a problem. Okay, uh, moving on then. <laughs> the Hascon trademark has been filed by Hasbro. It didn't take long after BotCon drew to a close for a new trademark to be filed by Hasbro themselves for Hascon. According to the United States Trademark Office, the trademark was registered for the following purpose. Organizing and conducting conventions, exhibitions, fan clubs, and gatherings for entertainment purposes and in the fields of toys, animation, comic books, fantasy gaming, popular culture, science fiction, television, and film. This would certainly lead us to believe that Hasbro may be gearing up for a more coalesced convention for all of their different brands going forward, though obviously no confirmations of this fact exist as of yet. Let the speculation continue. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this one, fellas. We already know that the club is coming to a, an end and has told us exactly when that is going to be. Hasbro, in the meantime, hasn't re- have, they haven't really kind of come out with any clear indication as to what they want to do with gi joe as a brand or the collector's club or if they're going to do something with it but we have been kind of trying to pick up on a few 
loose strands of information and one of those is this trademark that they filed for a combined convention setup. Dave, you have a lot obviously of experience in this field with conventions, event organization, all that kind of stuff. What do you think about this particular thing and what do you think it means for the G.I. Joe brand involvement? What do you think about it all? Are you just reading about it's, it first? No, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to, just trying to get it. thinking. Get your thinking cap on. This isn't why it's a trademark that's been registered. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, this isn't what I want to talk about. <laughs> this isn't what I wanted to see. Uh, first and foremost, it's a trademark that's been registered and has profile a lot of trademarks that don't seemingly yeah. have a visible appearance or active use for something somewhere. You can read into uh, it a lot, can't you, I suppose? Y- yeah, and, and everybody, given the current situation with... Everybody starts losing their minds! The uh, changeover with <laughs> Jocon and Botcon are looking for for, for new answers. Botcon. The, the, the first thing that comes out, everybody's Botcon. on it. One of the popular theories has been a combined show... Um, and I've always thought that that is not really their sort of bag, if I'm honest. But given some of the things that we will go on to talk about with like the amalgamation of the writers and the universe that they're trying to create, um, that maybe it does make sense that they are moving towards this sort of thing. What it means for G.I. Joe, well, at the moment... Death nothing. of the line! Uh, just pu- purely because there, well, you're right. There's there's nothing really active going on. We don't really have anything to to go on about. You know, third party licenses uh, that have um, that are working using the Joe, <laughs> the Joe brand, uh, the GI Joe brand. <laughs> Joe brand uh, are, are more. <laughs> are Why has that never come than... up before? Why have we never? Why have we never put those two things together before? And again, nobody outside the UK knows what the hell we're talking about. It doesn't matter. I'm not even putting that in the show notes. They can Google that themselves. J-O brand. Joe Joe brand Brand naked. Google it. Don't Google that. (laughs) You might as well just watch Jabba the Hutt. It probably would come up with Jabba the Hutt. Can you imagine how big her is? I swear it's like chucking a f***ing match in the Avon Gorge. It's the Sarlacc pit monster, I reckon. Yeah. Like chucking a f***ing sausage up a prostitute street or something. Carry on, Dave. Right, okay, carry on, Dave. Sorry. <laughs> it, 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 could, it could mean anything at this point. Okay. Uh, I'm not reading too much into it. If it is because people are saying that uh, it's got to be happening for re- replacing like Botcon, Jocon. If it is, they've got to get a real move on because these things are planned so far in advance uh, for like events and yeah. uh, the securing of um, locations to then plan out budgets and then uh, scheduling uh, advertising and that. I, I'd be surprised if you see anything for, for next year. I was going to say, is this something they could have been in the in the works for the last couple of, um, you know, for, for a while? Not likely. Trademark registration normally follows. So you, and I think this is how this one came out. So you submit a trademark. At least this is how it operates in the UK. You, you submit a trademark. You have the trademark 
police police if you want to call it that they 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 will go through all articles relating to certain sections that you are applying trademarks for right. so you can share you can share a name as something else that's been trademarked as long as it's not in that field that it is that you're talking about uh, you. that you want to trademark it for then once you've done that they then publish it in a holding pattern and it is up to other trademarks to object against it. Oh, right. And How long does that happen for? Well, in the UK, it's about, I think it's about six weeks. Wow. Thereabouts. And if anybody comes back and then they submit a... So should companies be checking that kind of listing yeah, or something at yeah. all, like on a regular basis? Trademarking is, is actually really... It's actually down to you don't you get certain rights and you, you in and certain rights that you have to enforce yourself and unless you're a massive company that just literally has a team of lawyers just continuously scouring like all the cool stuff yeah or um any of the submissions because you 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 have to object against it and then put forward your case and your reasons for objecting that trademark so nothing gets granted until say after 6 weeks and then it gets published but if it gets published, it's down to you to enforce that trademark. Nobody's there doing it. So you've registered it and it can be rejected, but it's down to you to keep checking to make right. sure nobody else is using it. Okay, cool. And 90% of businesses just don't have that legal muscle or all the time or the resources to do that. It's only, you know, yeah. big brands that... <laughs> have those departments. big joe brands yeah yeah bro, big joe some big joe brands uh to do it so okay. that's what's going on here cool but like i said hasbro register an awful lot of trademarks i will say if that is where they're going down the road of that is possibly the worst name ever Hascon. it sounds yeah. like you know when you see those memes with like a cat on a on a keyboard like can i has this that's what oh. i think of I think can I, I has con? <laughs> can I has con? That's what I'm gonna I'm gonna do a meme in actual fact with a cat playing but with like, itself. The, the, the word you got like I I I don't know like the the word con in itself on that. Uh, it's like has part, been and, and yes, con. and that's, that's yeah. what I was gonna say that and, and you got like a past tense with the word con. Um, I just don't feel it conjures up the best connotation for it they, they could have come up with much if, if that is where they're going down blowjob con this is this is what's been raised by, <coughs> by that'd be a great con to go to anal con they may have actually registered trademarks of different names and <laughs> s- someone's just picked up on hascon yeah but that doesn't mean that's that's the name if if no, that's that's cool. If that's going well, the route that they're doing there, there should be a mcleod con there is there is there is it's called joe con and then all the um, oh, boom. I'll tell you what, that, that's terribly pretentious. Um, <laughs> but but McLeod McLeod uh, because uh, half the world's homosexual population would turn up. To <laughs> I have you, a lot. Did of you gay notice the uh, McLeod doppelganger at Father's from? Yes, the one in the stall next to yeah, uh, yeah, Carl yeah, Dix. Him, yeah. Carl Dix. He, he was, I mean, he's a, he's he a was, super nice guy. He's better looking than I am. He, he's, to, he's really, to be really. Fair, nice to be guy. fair, he's thinner. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Probably, probably runs further as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I've got no response to that. And, and he's got trousers that fit him. 
<laughs> I have no response. I can't argue with any of that because it's all true. I can't moan at it because it's all true. Uh, moving on um, <laughs> from T. Hascon. No, I'm kidding. Robert Atkins reveals a new cover for G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 230. Well-known G.I. Joe comic artist Robert Atkins revealed the new cover for G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 230 on his Facebook page recently that features Rom the Space Knight. This continues Hasbro's idea of combining a number of franchises together in a cinematic universe that includes Rom, Mask, Visionaries, Micronauts, and G.I. Joe themselves. The cover looks cool and also features Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow either side of this intriguing character. Rom won't actually feature in the comic as it is just his month for appearing on as many franchises as possible. It is a nice incentive cover nonetheless. Go and give the cover a like on Robert Atkins' Facebook page, Robert Atkins Art. As well as this cover, we have also had more details on IDW solicitations for the new ROM, The Space Knight Ongoing, number one. Here's the breakdown. We've been invaded, and only a Space Knight can save us. First, there is his epic return in this year's free comic book day number zero, and now the ongoing tale of ROM begins in earnest. Christos Gage, Chris Rial, and David Messina kick off the wildest new series of the year as Rom's War with the Dire Wraiths hits close to home in Earthfall, Part 1. IDW has also revealed crossover covers with Micronauts issue number 4. The first issue of that series should be dropping anytime soon. The Rom comic sounds really cool and I'm actually looking forward to seeing it in the free comic book day number 0 that gets a release on May 7th. As if that wasn't enough, we've also been shown an awesome variant Action Man number 2, with Rom on the cover as well. We'll put all these covers on the show notes so you can see them for yourself. Okay, we've got a bit of comic news now. So, Robert Atkins reveals his new cover for G.I. Joe Real American Era 230, which, uh, Chinese Dentist, I'm just kidding, it's not, uh, number 230, and it's basically got Rom on it. Now, that would be, like, you know, a pretty cool thing if Rom wasn't on every other comic cover in the known universe. Um, he's got about. I think they're trying to tell us something. I think Rom's coming out, um, but basically he's he's got about fifteen of his own covers. Uh, on top of that, he's got the G, he's on the GI Joe cover. He's on loads of IDW covers um, that are being released. Um, still pretty cool. I'm actually it's it's actually worked on me because I'm really interested and I want to get the Rom comic. I also want to get Micronauts, which comes out very very soon. Um, again, he's all over that comic cover too. And the Action Man comic, which I'm really excited for now, and I never thought I would be. But since all of this hype's been kind of going around about it, I really want to get all of the comics that these different franchises that are connected now in a, in a very loose way at the moment. But all these kind of connected franchises I'm really interested in. And I think this whole i don't know this whole hype about it has really made me want to kind of get involved and look in look, look into it all and and start buying all these comics so basically marketing is has been basically just been created just to f- with me and i think oh. i'm the perfect human that they aim this kind of sh- at are you going to get the um the porno version go on <laughs> the cd rom <laughs> god that's the worst that's the worst one that's the worst when, when did dave become the punomatic machine what what, I, what i'm interested in is, or can i ask you dave can you stop opening those f-ing christmas crackers please bud i can't oh i've got a load of them like... so I, don't, I doubt cd rom was in there eddie well was. you never know you never know it's, it's dave and anything can happen <laughs> 
he ran over a tr- ran over a tramp for f- sake. He took, his, <laughs> took his Christmas crackers. That's true. Uh, well, you ain't I'm, gonna want those, you f***ing slag. I am. I am actually really looking forward to these comics now. Who do you think you are, Tom Smith? <laughs> Were you guys into Rom by any chance? Back into in Rom. <laughs> into Rom what? Com? Interim Ron. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a, there, you, there's, there's it's all... a rimming Ron? Yeah, are you into rimming Ron? <laughs> you are right, Ron? Oh, we oh. should call it Ron from now on, definitely. <laughs> Could you imagine how much are you, funnier are you gonna get the, the comic the covers would look version? Like? Go on, then. The rom-com. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Oh imagine, my god. Imagine Rob is actually Ron. And Ron. He's a cock robot. Ron Ron. <laughs> right. My name's Ron. And I'm a space Ron, knight. Where's that f***ing action man? The space the knight. Slag. Look at my glowing red eyes. And he fights action Do I look slag. like yeah. I'm taking the rise? Do I like you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill those f***ing space rangers. Pass me that f***ing shooter. <laughs> Where's them jelly deals? <laughs> jelly deals. Amazing. Okay, moving on then, because obviously I'm the only comic fan here. Um, oh, no, hang on. We like Joe Brand. <laughs> um, actually, slipping in nicely we to the Hasbro Cinematic Universe. The Hasbro Cinematic Universe reveals their writing team. The proposed combined cinematic universe saga continues as Hasbro revealed its writing team working on the almost impossible task of fusing G.I. Joe, Mask, Visionaries, Micronauts, and ROM into the same continuity. We now know that novelist Michael Chabon, comics legend Brian K. Vaughn, and Guardians of the Galaxy co-writer Nicole Perlman will be involved amongst other talented writers to help bridge the gaps and create a rich and interesting story structure that will hopefully make sense despite the clear differences in each franchise. The writer's room will be overseen by Oscar winner for A Beautiful Mind, Akiva Goldsman, and Hasbro's film label Allspark Pictures will produce all of the films in this universe. Hasbro execs Brian Goldner and Stephen Davis will be the producers with Josh Feldman, head of Hasbro Storytelling, as a co-executive producer. The collective met on Monday, April 25th for the first time to start the process at the Paramount lot. The Hollywood Reporter reported the following statement from Stephen Davis, executive vice president and CCO of Hasbro. We first and foremost put together a list of writers who we wanted to be in business with and would be world builders that we needed. But we want to be sure that in the room we have diverse perspectives, diverse backgrounds, and diverse experiences. For example, the properties involved in the universe such as G.I. Joe and Mask have traditionally skewed towards the male segment, but Hasbro wants to broaden the focus on the movies to make them more inclusive. It's a theme that already exists in the brands. Female empowerment is a central theme through a lot of these properties and one of the reasons we wanted diverse voices. Paramount Pictures chairman and CEO Brad Gray added, Bringing together a writer's room of this caliber is a bold step for our partnership and one that we believe is critical for building these brands into new successful franchises for the future. All very positive stuff and some more evidence that the cinematic universe could actually happen. We'll report on this when we get more information, but for now it looks as though planning has commenced. So we obviously we talked about ROM, we talked about Micronauts briefly, I mentioned them because you guys don't care. We come back to this cinematic universe, has now kind of become a little bit more genuine. Where before no, we were kind of... No, well, let's no. let's talk about it first. No, so that work experience kid is still there. <laughs> just him on his own. That meeting on yeah. Monday didn't have any of those writers. It like, was just him. Come on, please. They said they were going to turn up and talk about this properly, and they haven't. I've done a flip chart. <laughs> 
So we have like who's who's Philip Chart? Who's Phil Chart? Yeah. <laughs> Phil Chart. Who's Flip Chart? He's um, with Ron Rom. Who's Ron? <laughs> That's Ron and Flip, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so yeah, the this combined universe has actually got some writers attached to it now. What do we think then, Dave? You you're still skeptical, right? Yeah. Go on, go for it. I'm still skeptical. Thanks, Eddie. <laughs> yes. Are you, what do you care? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I care. Um, I really care. It's where it's been it's been bothering me at home and, and at work and stuff. And uh, I've I've been thinking about this really deeply, to be honest. And uh, you know, I, I've I've become um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I've become very Rom-rom. very. Rom Rom. Yeah, yeah, I've become very aroused because, um, as far as I'm aware, Michael uh, Chabon, comics legend, Brian K. uh, Vaughan, and Guardians of the Galaxy co writer Nicole Perlman will be involved amongst other talented writers to help bridge the gap to create a rich and interesting story. So, based on that, um, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I hope it's a goer. I really, really do. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you have a, an opinion. Did I, did I tell you um, uh, the writer's room will be overseen by Oscar winner for A Beautiful Mind? No, Justin told no, us that didn't. a few minutes ago. And Goldsman and Hasbro's film label, All Sparks Pictures, will produce all of the films in this universe. Uh, that's just kind of the information that I know. So, <laughs> Off the uh, top of your head. Off the top of my head. like, uh, Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's the his that's the cinematic universe covered. Uh, <laughs> moving on, Palatoy Factory nominated for Green Plaque Award. Interesting news out of the UK is that Leicestershire County Council have announced the shortlist nominees for the next round of their Green Plaque Award, and one of the nominees is the old Palatoy Factory on Owen Street in Colville. The factory produced some of the most popular toys in Britain, including Action Man, Action Force, Tiny Tears, Pippa, Tressy, Mainline Model Railways. Merlin, Star Wars figures, and the Care Bears. You can thank ex palatoy designer and legend Barb Brecken for nominating this site. We will have a link on the show notes so that you can vote for the old factory as well as a posted link on our Facebook page with more info. Oh, this is amazing news, right, guys? Uh, <laughs> I love the acting that goes into this sh- Wow. Um, the fact that we're getting, uh, you know, that Palatoy getting another kind of boost in recognition here with um, Leicestershire County Council nom- being, you know, being nominated for this Green Award is pretty cool. Uh, and also thanks to Bob Breakin for um, hang on, is it Breakin or Brecken? Breakin. It's definitely Breakin, isn't it? Um, it's Breakin. I know. Brecken, yeah, I know you think it's Brecken, but he wants it. Breakin. Breakin. Thank you, Bob, for nominating the Palatoy, the old Palatoy factory at Colville. What What do you think about this? this is pretty cool, guys. What do you What do you think? What do you reckon, Dave? You're You're close to this. It'd be amazing, given that Palatoy was not only just uh, a powerhouse in British toy design and manufacture but also a huge integral part of the last century uh to to uh leicestershire and 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 particularly like colville you know it, it was a large employer uh for for the region but like gave us household names like uh, action man in particular and and to recognize that in some form or another would would be particularly nice given that we we place so much emphasis these days on just 
complete, utter, weird tosh. And I'll give you an example. I was at Fleet Services only a few weeks ago, and you had the Scott Mills Bridge, which was like crossing from one side of the service <laughs> station to the other. And you're thinking, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm sure that that was probably like a Mickey take in that sense. But like, you, you get what where I'm coming from. But to actually make a monument or marking of sorts of something that has given so much joy, so much uh, love from the things that it made. It, you know, there's nothing that was produced there that was negative in any shape or form. You know, it all you know made kids' dreams come true, and and, and everybody looks back on it fondly. So I, I think it would be an amazing thing to 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 do and mark especially not just i mean bob's suggestion was the the 80 years but it being like the the, the 50th anniversary this year of action man as well you know it, it's it's another great tie and, and another great way of marking that uh, uh that anniversary as well so i'd, I'd get voting and, and bob recently also put his name forward in support of saving gi joe uh, the 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 campaign that uh, was uh, spearheaded by uh, Joe Colton, um, so he you know he's very much still active and and wants to see things still going in in uh, various different like formats. So um, uh, you know, it'd be great to like, return that favour and uh, uh, vote for for a plaque for Palatoy in in that sense as well. Awesome! It's a, it's really cool. I'm I'm just kind of glad it's getting that recognition again. Uh, and again, thanks to uh, to Bob really for kind of for nominating it. It, it, it. He, I think, it even mentions on the site that it was nominated by um, Robert Breakin. So that's uh, and again, you know, really awesome. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Cool. So moving on, GI Joe original Sunbow cartoon music to be released. The AllSpark has reported that Sony Records and original composer Robert J. Walsh are remastering all of the original Marvel and Sumbo orchestral scores for release around early summer of this year. Robert J. Walsh said, I am working on the remastering now, and Hasbro and I are excited and looking forward to releases of Transformers, G.I. Joe, My Little Pony series and movie, as well as Gem and the Holograms starting around 1983 through 1988 or so. The original master tapes were in great condition, and I plan on remastering everything into 5.1 surround. We are not definite on this part yet, but may produce this in a box DVD set with newly filmed interviews of cast and crew and original artwork and some video footage. This is fairly large orchestra, very well recorded with an MCI console and a European recording studio, and it's sounding pretty spectacular so far. Sony Records will be releasing the albums. This sounds really cool, and I for one would be very interested in a new box DVD set with a ton of extras. I know Full Force presenter Chris will be pleased with this news in particular, what with his work utilizing the original scores for use in this podcast. We'll bring you more news about the release date and format when we get it. So we've got the music that we fill the show with, basically, um, and that we get, you know, we create lots of the music around the old Sunbow music. That's actually being released, which is amazing. The Transformers cartoon, the Joe cartoon, I think it was in the Gem cartoon, it was all over the place. So we're getting that in a proper release. I'm really looking forward to this, obviously. Is this something you guys are going to pick up when it comes out? Is that something you're interested in? Uh, to be honest, I would. I, I'd take that on, uh, just for the just for the fun factor of it. Yeah. I mean, some of the tunes were banging. Well, I, I recently bought a, um, a Ulysses 31 single. Ulysses, 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 Ulys
It doesn't quite sound. Fly into the light. No one going to the things you do. That 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 that. Right, um, just to carry on with what I was saying, uh, I, I've bought the record and now I want to smash it to f***ing pieces. <laughs> Oh, that was amazing. We can um, we can have that, our version, laid over the top of the original playing in the background. There's no and I point. Think, I think that it will be seamless. <laughs> I think it will be like CD quality. And I don't mean like in a porn version, Dave. The CD-ROM. The CD-ROM. 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 My name's CD-ROM. CD-ROM. Pass me my d- what? He, he's he's <laughs> totally made he's totally made the Guy Ritchie movie with Chrissy Two Phones and up your <laughs> neck up your <laughs> neck. Uh, what an awesome nickname for in demand I actually, boys I actually and said that to Nick on Sunday. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> After you told me to, he just, looked, he just looked at me. He didn't up your <laughs> though, did he? No, he was too busy. Oh. Look, he was too busy looking like you if you were twenty pounds lighter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> amazing right uh yeah so cool what about you? well obviously dave loves music so um <laughs> that brings us that brings us to the end of the news but we'll let justin say that music is my mentor okay um it'll be my past moving on that's all the news for this episode. Make sure you visit generalsjoes.com on a daily basis to keep up with all the G.I. Joe-related news. You can also visit the Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at Generals Joes. This is Justin Bell reporting for The Full Force. As always, you can keep up with the show after listening to us by following on Twitter at The Full Force, liking the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Full Force, and if you would like to contact the show, you can write to us via email on thefullforce at allthecoolstuff.co.uk with feedback, questions, vicious scathing criticisms or just insults. You can view content regarding the show on www.thefullforce.com. All the Cool Stuff is a proud sponsor of The Full Force. Come visit our store near the New Forest in Hampshire for the latest toy collectibles, including G.I. Joe, Transformers, Star Wars, Masters of the Universe, and Lego. We also stock a large inventory of vintage toys too, including Action Force, from loose figures and accessories to carded and boxed vehicles. I can see the whites of their beady little eyes. Looking to sell your toy collection? All the Cool Stuff will buy and convert your toys into cash. You can call the store within the UK on 01425 650696 or if calling from outside the UK, don't forget to add the international dialing code first of 44. You can visit us online at www.allthecoolstuff.co.uk or email 
If you have a specific inquiry, sales at allthecoolstuff.co.uk. In-Demand Toys are an independent toy shop located in Norwich, Norfolk in the United Kingdom. Specialising in a large range of new and pre-owned toys, they cover a number of brands such as Star Wars, Marvel, Transformers, G.I. Joe and many, many more. You can order direct from their website at idtoys.co.uk or send them an email to shop at idtoys.co.uk if you want to sell your collections or just have a general inquiry. Alternatively, you can visit their shop at the Dixon Shopping Centre on the Reefham Road in Norwich. As well as being one of the best independent toy shops around, they are now a proud sponsor of The Full Force. Dead Gent Clothing are a mature streetwear brand creating bespoke and hand-finished clothing using fabrics recycled, made and designed to honour the ethics and heritage of textile cultures around the world. Proudly producing pieces with obsessive attention to fit and finish, allowing us to find ourselves honour in detail. Dead Gent Clothing are now a proud sponsor of the Full Force podcast. You can find them on Facebook as Dead Gent Clothing, on Twitter and Instagram at Dead Gent, or you can visit their website at www.deadgent.co.uk where you can purchase their amazing products. Review. We are looking today at the Tiger Force Euro exclusives, but we're going to do a little bit of a brief history of Tiger Force in general. So, in 1988 in the USA, Hasbro released a new sub team that has divided fans of the brand, Joe Brand, ever since. Joe Brand. Love them or hate them, we mainly love them. Tiger Force is arguably the most well known of all the sub teams in G.I. Joe and does have a large following in the community. What is essentially a set of repaints, the first wave of characters to get the striping treatment were Bazooka, Duke, Dusty Flint, Frostbite, Lifeline, Rakondo, Roadblock, Tripwire, and Sky Striker. <laughs> the only character in that original lineup that wasn't a direct repaint of an existing character was Sky Striker, and even he was still made up of existing parts namely Thunder's Head and Wild Weasel's body. Hasbro were clearly looking at a cheap alternative to a new tooling, and these brightly coloured decos gave the characters new life and really made them stand out against other non-Tiger Force roster. The card art had the characters in their original poses, only this time with their new decos instead of the digital white, yellow and red explosion, they had a white, green and orange-brown tiger stripe pattern behind them. The effect actually looked like smoke or gas. (laughs) Crazy gas. And was different enough to set them apart from the other figures in that wave. There was also different colour used in the bubble behind each figure, which added to the individuality of the packaging. Bazooka had light orange, Duke had yellow, Dusty had dark orange, Flint had red, Lifeline had brown, Roadblock had lime green. <laughs> Roadblock should have had brown. <laughs> Roadblock had... Ro, 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 ro. Ro, rock. Ron Rom had lime <laughs> green and Tripwire had dark green. 
added to that there was a logo for this new team and the file card on the back was yellow instead of grey. Those particular characters were also separated from the other figures to collect on the back of the card with an explanation of this new team. As well as figures, uh, this sub-team were given a whole new set of vehicles and in a master stroke of marketing genius, they used repainted Cobra vehicles to help make up the Tiger Force motor pool with the exception of the Tiger Fly. Uh, which was the dragonfly previously. Uh, the tiger cat, which was the snow cat, and in 1989, the tiger fish, which was the devil fish originally. Frostbite drove the tiger cat, Ricondo piloted the tiger fly, and Sky Striker came with the tiger rat, a repainted cobra rattler, the tiger paw, a repainted cobra ferret, and the tiger shark, a repainted water moccasin, completed the vehicles for 1988 with the Tiger Sting, a repainted Vamp, or arguably a repainted Cobra Stinger coming in 1989 with the Tiger Fish. The paint scheme for the vehicles has become as iconic as the G.I. Joe or Joe brand itself, <laughs> with a white front, uh, usually decoed with uh, Tiger's eyes and mouth, slowly merging into a brown, and then oh. finally a yellow and black Tiger striping towards the rear. Uh, this is usually topped off with bright red weapons and missiles. Following that, the UK got the Tiger Force in 1990 when Action Force changed branding to become G.I. Joe, the Action Force. The single-carded lineup consisted of Duke Lifeline, Roadblock Tripwire, and then two Tiger Force repaints exclusive to the European market, Outback and Psychout. The famous orange Tiger Face t-shirt deco on Outback has gone down as one of the most awesome decos in toy history. Fact. The cards had new and dynamic art in the backgrounds behind the redecoed original character designs. Instead of the smoky gas-like tiger stripes, we now had a soft explosion coupled with red electricity-style tiger stripes inside it. This design was also used for the vehicle box art backgrounds. We also got a different Tiger Force logo. Ours was yellow with the tiger head above red text as opposed to the US logo that had a more detailed tiger head with yellow text above it on a blue backing. I was just enlarging the picture of the tiger shark. I just realised something I'd never noticed before that on all of the other packaging art it's always members of Tiger Force but on the tiger shark you got spearhead and muskrat Sweet. on there. That's yeah, that's true actually. I've, I didn't. I I knew they were on there, but I didn't put. I didn't think that there was. There weren't any. Yeah, you're right. Everyone else is Tiger Force, aren't they? Yeah. So I I just enlarged that picture just to like have a closer look. But for the vehicles in 1990, we had the Tiger Paw, the Tiger Shark, Frostbite came with the Tiger Cat, and another interesting ch change was that of the Tiger Fly. We still got the Rakondo figure as the pilot, only his code name was changed to Wild Bill. There were also changes to his file card. Instead of Brady, Texas, Wild Bill was now born in Hull, England. Classic. The change. <laughs> I mean, why Hull? That's a damn, all that's places. A damn grade, isn't it? Of yeah. all places. Hey, go on, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was one on his uh, original Action Force one as well. Yeah, Hull. yeah. There was a few of those that'll come up in a bit, a bit later. Yeah. The change of the birthplace was about it, as a remainder of the file card wasn't really altered. That much as a slight rewording of his original version one military history as a side note in the usa Rakondo was intended to be a single carded figure and the tiger fly pilot was going to be a wild bill figure that was never produced they used Rakondo instead and kept his code name in the usa uh, but the uk had other ideas strangely uh, <laughs> and in 1991 we also got the tiger sting and the tiger fish on gi joe logo 
uh, but UK Euro box design. There is a huge amount of grammatical errors in the Frostbite file card. The US version mentions Uncle Sam, and where a British audience may not have understood the reference, it was removed. Whomever was checking the revisions, however, didn't notice the glaring errors throughout the first main section of the card. It reads, After he took his oath to the armed forces, he transportation school, where he learned how to drive every known vehicle used by went to the armed forces. Frostbite, though, he had it made, being stationed in Greenland. That's probably the worst typo I think I've ever seen in any toy related thing ever and all they really had to do was move the went to section and that's it they move that went to up to after it says he and everything's fixed again pretty much and then it's just the spelling error on thought but that's just ridiculous more interesting file card anomalies continued with outback and psych out Outback's original UK Action Force release in 1989 had a change of birthplace from his original US G.I. Joe release in 1987. His US birthplace <laughs> was Big Piney. <laughs> Wyoming. Big oh, Piney, I want to call it. Uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> piney, Peeny? Butchered. I think it's Piney, but you're right. Yeah, it's hilarious. Wyoming. It? And this was changed to in the UK to Sterling, Scotland. Naturally, because he's got a ginger beard, ginger just beard. like, just like Snowjob was the same. He was from Scotland as well. The Action Force card was also dropped with the middle initial R in his name. The Tiger Force card reverts him back to Big Piney, Wyoming, and returns the missing R. However, which is strange due to the changes that were made during the following wave of the characters' file cards coming up later. The exact same thing happens to Psychout. Uh, the 87 US G.I. Joe card has him born in San Francisco, California, and his name is Kenneth D. Rich. Sounds like a rapper. Uh, yeah. Yo, man, my, my name's Kenneth, Kenneth D. Rich. <laughs> the Action Force release in 1989 has him born in Birmingham, West Midlands, and the middle initial D has been dropped. The info on the file card is different as well. Right. Uh, so Psycho got his degree in psychology from Keel University and worked on various research projects involving uh, the inducement of paranoia by means of low-frequency radio waves. Upon his enlistment, he was posted to the Intelligence Corps uh, HQ near Aldershot, where he continued his pioneering work in the field of wave-induced behavior modification. Barclay and the Decept uh, warfare centre at Fort Bragg were both switched out for Keele University and the Intelligence Corps HQ near Aldershot. The Tiger Force card reverts to the first US version completely as it did with Outback. The following year in 1991 we received four more European exclusive Tiger Force characters Blizzard, Hit and Run, Sneak Peek and Tunnel Rat. Each figure came on the taller G.I. Joe logo card and all with the exception of Tunnel Rat had new file names or birthplaces compared to their original American counterparts. The original Action Force carded versions of Blizzard and Hit and Run had been changed from their original G.I. Joe releases in order to relate to the European market. Blizzard was originally from Wolfborough, New Hampshire and his file name was Gregory M. Natale. The original Action Force carded version had already changed his name to Gottlieb von Trapp and his birthplace to Leipzig, Austria. 
and that is what they continued with for this Tiger Force version. It was the same situation for Hit and Run. His name was only slightly changed originally from Brent Scott to Brian Scott. Brent being a very American name and Brian being a very British one. His birthplace went from Sioux City, Iowa to Basildon, Essex. Pass me that shooter. There was no original Action Force release version one sneak peek, so he kept his original US name, Owen King, but didn't stay born in the USA, going from Banger, Maine to High Wycombe, Buckinghamshire. All of the 91 Euro Tiger Force single cards tended to show the entire character card art in the small ID box to the left of the card and used the Tiger Force logo on its own below. The 90 single cards actually went the opposite way, having a close-up of the face and a G.I. Joe, the Action Force logo underneath. The 91 file cards are all grey now as well. An interesting aspect of these exclusives was the different card art. The Tiger Force Tunnel Rat version is the same pose as the Action Force G.I. Joe release, but the difference in art style is clear. For one thing, the gun he holds in the Action Force Joe art is behind him, Popped up against the tunnel wall on the Tiger Force version, and in its place is one of the flashlights. Removed from its place on the backpack. Blizzard is no longer holding his gun in the Tiger Force version, and his position is slightly different. Uh, Hit and Run is holding his gun by the butt, <laughs> uh, and the Tiger Force card, as opposed to being in a firing position with the original art. Sneak Peek has both hands on his. <laughs> on I his thought scope, scope was enough, actually. I uh, thought scope in the Tiger Force art with his gun over his shoulder, big gun. It is clear that this was done on purpose in an attempt to calm the threat of violence on the card art. Seems silly when guns are such a prominent part of the line, uh, but Sailor V, the differences between Psycount and Outback's card uh, art is minimal. Both still hold their weapons and are in hey. almost identical positions. Psycount's face does look slightly as if someone's <laughs> on it. Close. Slightly different, though. Both. The colour schemes are really wild on these particular exclusives, where the US line had used muted tones of browns, greens and mustard yellows. This team decided brighter and more ridiculous was the way forward. Let's go through each deco, starting with Outback. So as you can see from the show notes that we'll put up for you on the Facebook page, Outback not only changes his uniform, but also his hair colour. The original Action Force version had ginger hair and a beard, a green headband, white shirt with survival written on it, grey gloves, green and grey camo pants and black boots. His backpack and web gear are the same light brown with a brown knife on the left lower leg and all green flashlight that clips into his left thigh. Both versions have the black machine gun. The Tiger Force version has decided to bleach his hair, beard and eyebrows white. The headband is now blue and the shirt is a bright orange with a tiger face on the front. Uh, there are some subtle differences, however. The pants are now the same green, but with a brown instead of the grey. The knife is brown, the backpack and web gear are a darker brown, and the flashlight has a white lens painted on it. He also has grey boots now to match his gloves. Weird. The original 89 Action Force release of Psycout had blonde hair, bright green short sleeve shirt, a light grey long sleeve undershirt, black gloves, grey pants and black boots. He had a silver headset, red ear padding, a silver panel chest plate and black and red straps over the shirt and red radar dishes that attached to the elbows with silver clips. He also had a silver backpack and a handheld silver box with a radar dish attachment and a silver pistol. Tiger Force version is just insane. Again, with the hair color changes, rather than a running theme with this exclusives, he had 
he has black hair now instead of blonde. The headset is now all silver with red ear padding removed. The short sleeve shirt is bright orange with a horizontal black tiger striping and the undershirt is white. The chest panel is still silver, but the straps are gray. He has black gloves, just like the original, but now has white boots and dark blue pants. The accessories are exactly the same, and some blue color appears on all the European exclusive characters except Blizzard. Blizzard is the brightest member of the team by far. <laughs> the original Action Force version had a white helmet. I knew oh, this is the perfect one for you, definitely. With a blue visor, uh, white winter coat with a brown strip running down the front. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, right, okay. Uh, there are dark grey web gear straps down both sides at the front, and a moldy grey handled knife in a brown sheath on his left breast. Oh my god! It's like every other word. There's <laughs> there's a black strap on. on his right upper. I can't believe you didn't say black strap on. I wrote that for you specifically. All right, I'll go back then, Chris. There's, there's a black, black strap on. There's a black strap on his right upper. Yeah. No, oh, let me let me. There's a black strap on <laughs> his right upper arm and red insignia <laughs> on his left upper arm. Oh, Where's brown? Gloves and a dark grey belt. Uh, the pants are white with black thigh panels and <laughs> knee pads. He has brown boots and black snowshoes. Uh, the backpack and skis are all black and the rifle and pistol he comes with are all white. Uh, now just dip him in a, a sunny D and you have the Titans <laughs> version. Uh, the helmet coat and pads are yellow and what was a brown strip down the front is now orange uh, with black tiger stripes that wraps around Blizzard's neck. <laughs> the straps, panels, belt, knife, sheath, pads and boots are light grey and the backpack, skis, gloves and knife handle are black. The weapons are now yellow. His hair also changed from Ready brown, black. Another interesting choice in the deco department was hit and run. Originally having the all over green and black camo, even his skin, and a helmet with red lens goggles, he was given an orange helmet with black tiger stripes and the goggles were now black with silver lenses. The shirt was bright blue with an orange and black tiger stripe chest strap harness that also held two black grenades. That orange harness continued as leg straps over the green and light brown camo pants. He also had long black gloves and the same accessories that the original came with, i.e. a black duffel bag with rope and a grappling hook, a green knife that slid into the side of the bag, and a black machine gun. His face was no longer covered by camo paint, and we could see what he looked like. <laughs> Lols. Sneak Peek never had a release for his first... <laughs> Sorry. No, that sounds really harsh, doesn't it? Yeah, that does. Never had a release. Sneak Peek never had a release. They should have called him Blue Balls. Blue Balls. Baby face. <laughs> face. Blue Balls never had a release. Blue Balls never had a release for his first version in Action Force. And in fact, never appeared at all in the UK until his Tiger Force version was released. The original deco was grey, red and black with a neon green belt that matched the colour of his scope that also had a removable handle and clip. He came with a black M16, binoculars, walkie-talkie and a microphone. The Tiger Force version went for a grey-green shirt with an orange and black type 
viscous stripe chest pad, upper arm pads, and collar. The orange and black stripes were used on the crotch, Wait. as well as <laughs> bright blue pants and grey boots. He was known to come. He, sorry, he was he known was to no- come. <laughs> I thought he was he was known to come with the M16 in case and in, in some, some and in some cases the night viper rifle with the peg holes the scope was colored to match his shirt and the walkie-talkie mic and binoculars were still black the 1989 action force release of tunnel rat was a great figure with an awesome deco he had a dark gray bandana matching scarf green shirt with rolled up sleeves that had a molded uh, bandolier pistol and smoke grenade uh, black gloves black pants with a brown strap uh, knife on the left thigh and brown boots uh, we've all had brown boots <laughs> uh, sex move his elbows and forearms were exposed showing a dark gray camo paint on them as well as his face that's that's not camo paint <laughs> he came with a bulky green backpack every time uh, two two green flashlights uh, flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next presence for your birthdays, by the way. Thrills. Two bright uh, green flashlights. Uh, that attached to the backpack. A green TNT satchel and a black heavy machine gun with scope. The Tiger Force version kept the exact same accessories, uh, but changed the figure's deco drastically. Orange and black tiger striped bandana. Uh, yellow scarf, red shirt, blue gloves and blue pants with black tiger stripes. Uh, the face had the same dark grey camo paint, uh, but the arms were bare. That brings us to the end of the figures themselves. Now we're going to look at a few different things that the Tiger Force appeared in. So obviously other media like comics, annuals, intelligence profiles and what have you. There are some mentions of Tiger Force in other media, but there isn't really a long-running story that explores the characters in great deal in the comics. G.I. Joe Special Missions 25 Forced Play, mm, that sounds like a really dodgy name for a comic, highlighted the Tiger Force, specifically Duke, Dusty, Lifeline, Ripcord, and Ricondo. This was the introduction of the team in the comics, and interestingly included Ripcord, who was an unproduced figure that appeared in a product catalogue early on. Uh, we'll have a look at that a bit, a bit later on in the in the in this segment. Uh, so the team are brought in to help with a terrorist situation in Brooklyn, New York. The Lower Darklonian Separatist Front, or LSDF, according to a banner in the warehouse. So even though it's the Lower Darklonian Separatist Front and it should be the LDSF, the banner inside does have the LSDF. So I'm I'm exp- I'm, I'm guessing it's something to do with uh, with it being a different language. Are surrounded by DOA DOA agents, but manage to break out into the city to cause havoc. Tiger Force pursue the terrorists and find out not all is as it seems with the federal agents involved. The same story was reprinted in the 1992 G.I. Joe annual that was readily available in the UK at that time. The story also featured the Tiger Paw, the Tiger Cat, and the Tiger Sting. Tiger Force had another story dedicated to them in the 1991 G.I. Joe, the Action Force Annual. It is a written story with few accompanying images called Action of the Tiger. An X-19 stealth fighter crashes in the Jordanian desert and Tiger Force are sent out to retrieve it. The annual featured the fly, the paw, and the cat on the cover. In the same annual, we get two awesome intelligence profiles of Duke and Outback. I think that's the that's the only time we get those uh, with as Tiger Force deco. I think for them for the all the other ones they were just their normal characters. But I was um, uh, 
in like kind of the research and stuff they're the only two that i found and i remember them specifically in that annual as well and i just thought the artwork was amazing i just love how they're depicted in that if you look at outback that looks more like a bear it does doesn't it on his t-shirt or do you mean him? Yeah. him 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 as in you know like gay bear yeah, he looks like a gay bear he looks like me um, no, but that, that's what you call them, though, isn't it? When they're uh, that's what I call them, yeah. When they've got beards, white hair. It's called a gear. Um, it's the Chris Christopherson look. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Michael McDonald. Yeah. What a fool yeah. believes. Anyway, the Sean Connery look. The GI Joe Collectors Club magazine has been highlighting the European Tiger Force characters, uh, specifically Outback and Sneak Peek. Recently, uh, the January and March issues had the new FSS uh, for. Uh, 0.0 team members taking on the club incentive figure uh, Pythona in the comic over two parts Outback and Sneak Beak uh, Sneak Beak Sneak Beak, I like that <laughs> I quit. Uh, Outback and Sneak Peak are brought uh, in to track down Pythona and return a stolen meteor core that left a Space Force and a Z-Force team dead at the hands of the Cobra female they successfully track her, but Sneak Peek is injured, and Outback ends up chasing her solo. Um, what does that mean? Her hand solo? <laughs> chasing her hand solo, yeah. Uh, Tiger Force Jinx saves his life uh, just before Pythona strikes, and all is good with the world again. <laughs> Brilliant. Again, we'll put all those images and stuff on the Facebook page so you guys can actually see what we're talking about and discussing. That is the brief, um, well, not brief, very long explanation of the tiger force in figure form and other media before we move on what is your connection guys this is off the <laughs> this is off the written record but is tiger force something that's really close to you is it something you had when you were younger i know dave you're probably going to tell us no um so we'll start with eddie first just to see what his involvement is with tiger force well tiger force uh, was actually the last sort of gi joe stuff i collected yeah before girls and rugby and school and general uh, growing hairs took over my life, pre-pube, as it were. <laughs> yeah, so that was the last kind of stuff that I had, really. So when was it, 89? Yeah, we had it in 1991. Um, because I remember I remember yeah. going to BT's uh, toy shop, and yeah. I, I, I picked up Outback, Duke, yeah. uh, Roadblock, and Sneak Peek. So I yeah. had four, and that was the last time that... Um, well, the last G.I. Joe figures I had. So I can't remember what happened after that, apart from the rest of my life. But then when I, when I began uh, collecting toys again, I immediately thought, I must get me some Tiger Force. So I, I, I picked up uh, everything that I could because the figures are awesome. Yeah. And the Euro exclusives uh, are just... Uh, are just amazing they're just crazy as well they are they? just absolutely so nuts but they're they are just brilliant figures they look great on the card as well i haven't got any card but they do they do look great on the card they epitomize gi joe for me like they it, that, that kind of like ridiculous a little bit kind of just just bonkers but at the same time, yeah but at the yeah, same time yeah. there's you know like you as a kid you can you kind of you understand it it makes sense to you but when you like get a bit older and you look at everything you kind of like yeah, that wouldn't work practically. That you know, why 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 are they all wearing blue stuff for a start? Just bonkers. Dave, you, you didn't have a childhood much oh. of a connection at the time, 
but is this something that you you do you like it as a sub team or is it something that you're just not really vibing with i remember seeing the comic adverts as marvel uk well sorry harrisburg europe used to yeah uh quite actively on a weekly basis within the the comic uh normally have a series of different adverts and they were they were quite cool the way they were done like little comic book style um advertisements ad- advertising like new new releases and i remember when they first unveiled tiger force and it was duke and tripwire and roadblock in yeah. tick i remember seeing them going oh that's really crap because i've got those already right and th- th- this this was literally at the end and i never actually got any of those I, I remember being fairly despondent i just thought it was like a cheap shot like bringing those back out yeah in like these weird decos and i i, I really w- wasn't into that at all uh compared to some of the other characters that were released that year my first experience with getting them is actually a tale of woe and involves one of the presenters here because <laughs> i managed to pick up Outback and who? Oh, uh, Outback and Psych Out. Yeah. And I remember calling said person to say, "Oh man, I've just this, this, this collection of stuffs just come in, and there's like an Outback and, and Psych Out, and straight away it's like, how much are they? <laughs> and it's like, I'm not planning on selling them. I'm just telling you that they were really quite cool because it's like, no, 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 how much do you want them? And I ended up selling them to Eddie. I had them in my possession for like all of about three hours. You made two quid. And I made two quid. And I sold them to Eddie like on the phone. It's your own fault, Dave. It's your own fault for wanting money so hard. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I, it, it was a tempting offer as well. And I knew, I knew that uh, if I dangled the carrot, <laughs> old, uh, I, I think it was because was wasn't it that one of them had was it uh, out back. His uh, he he had like the bits that on his on the figure. I can't remember. There's something there that was like it was something tricky. Yeah, some some I need. I can't remember. Flashlight. Yes, it, it was the fa- It was the flashlight. Flashlights. <laughs> it was the flashlight, wasn't it? Yeah. What is that's it? What Tiger I... Force flashlights. They've all got them. Tunnel Rat, Outback. I think that's it. <laughs> Anywho. But um, yeah, no. Eddie had them off me. I've I've got I've. I have got the figures since I haven't got complete ones. The only one I've got complete is um, Blizzard. How long ago yeah. was that, Dave? That was... That was yeah, no, that was about 2008, wasn't it? Thereabouts, 2009. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I just remember, because I got them off Matt Booker at Automatic <laughs> Comics, and I just drove back, and I remember talking to you, and I, I, I was literally stood by the front door, and I had them... On, like, on the shelf <laughs> and I was talking to you as I was like looking at them and you're like yeah how much are they it's like I didn't say they were for sale it's like yeah how much do you want <laughs> and I was like ah oh, you b- for, like for me when it was I think 1989 I went to the states on holiday and they had all of like the that year's wave like on on the on the pegs and everything and in there as I was going through them were these weird repaints of like you say like characters we already knew but tripwire i didn't get the first time round because it was that weird wave that we got in the uk dusty uh roadblock and i think duke as well uh, i didn't get lifeline and i didn't get uh some of the others that were on uh i think out at the time but i got those guys and i remember just being like 
blown away simply because of the cards are and the different color that they had in the background and that was the that drew me to it and then obviously the, the yellow uh, file cards and that kind of stuff on the back and just doing that i i was you know that that's what kind of like made them really attractive to me and i remember just you know when i got home um to the uk like showing my friends and they were like oh the fuck are these oh the f- they've got like tiger stripes on them and everyone was like freaking out over them and it was just like i was like i i, I loved them and then when we got our own i didn't realize they were uk exclusives at the time or european exclusives at the time but when outback came out i was like yes tiger force to go with the rest of the tiger force guys i had and in psych out this is amazing but yeah like they blew me away and uh, since then i've always been a complete repaint whore so if you if a, a character's done in a different deco with a different team i love it i love that shit. night force tiger force star brigade dog gangsters whatever the, whatever the team is i love repaints and uh yeah i'm a slag for it so yeah my, I, i've i've always loved tiger force and i was really really happy when they did that tiger force subset in the last joke on box set so i was yeah i'm i'm a big fan moving on absolutely the action force program is a drain on our resources we must cut their funding in half We are now going to move out of the figure review and into Tiger Force in From the Vault and we've got quite a lot of stuff to cover here but we'll we'll we're aiming mainly for the kind of european stuff but we will talk a little bit about some pre-production us stuff as well which i'm sure a lot of the us guys already know tons about so we'll try and keep it as uh, as european as we possibly can so the first thing we're going to look at so the tiger force have appeared in a handful of dutch and uk leaflets and catalogues which have made for some truly spectacular diopics in this 1990 dutch catalog a number of dios that even go as far as to include dirt and wear on the vehicles the first page shows roadblock psych out lifeline outback duke and tripwire on the tiger paw trying to cross a makeshift bridge in a jungle setting the dio is superb and continues into a number of other really cool page layouts Second page shows Outback and Lifeline on the tiger shark floating along an eerie river deep in the jungle. Page three doesn't have any t- on it. Uh, <laughs> does have tripwire, roadblock, psych out and frostbite with a uh, tiger cat crossing a body of t- that were in a volcano, Chris. <laughs> and I've landed in that bag. And you've landed in it. Page four interestingly shows psych out piloting the tiger fly with Duke being lowered from it. There is mention in the catalogue that Wild Bill or Wilde Willem actually comes with the toy as the pilot. I come, I come with the toy. <laughs> let's let's look at this Dutch catalogue uh, in a bit more detail. Now, this is insane to me. Like, this is like the the, the top level of Dio in action figure display, in my opinion. This is just above and beyond amazing visually. What do you guys think uh, about this, and why was it done so to such a degree? Do you think? on the dutch catalog but i never see this level of detail in others in other areas it's because it's because they're dutch <laughs> done check and smash. It, they looked at this toy range and they thought how the f- are we gonna sell this <laughs> <laughs> we we ah. need to like pull something out of the bag to make this look actually interesting and something that people want to buy that's an interesting point actually and probably 
very a very good one. So, so, so they go, show, uh, show guys, yeah, you know, let's show, show let's guys. So, so if we smoke some weed, you know, and and then we can go go away and think about these crazy colors that we got, yeah. The action forces. He's got a f-ing tiger on his shirt. Well, I'll ch- show. <laughs> He's got a f-ing tiger on his shirt. I'll show. They all, all. Uh, Let's, uh, th- th- these are our Dutch football team. <laughs> Dave is doing an impression again, and it sounds like a Pakistani doctor. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's Hello, like Sean, Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, we're showing all show, and he's showing Sean Connery, which turns into like that. So this is Tiger Force, is it, guys? I gotta say, I really dig the one with the soil, uh, with the tiger cat, because it looks like Psycat is going. I don't want to get my white boots dirty. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, he like, does really. On he looks, he's, but he's in a really kind of gay stance on it yeah. isn't he yeah i like that the others are just getting on with it but he's like no i should say camp stance he's in a camp stance <laughs> on the side of the, the frost on the tiger cat yeah i mean i think they're amazing like I, the the level and quality of the photography is really good the just the i mean that must take ages to set up because it's definitely not it's not Necessary. It's not outside, is it? Unless they've kind of cordoned an area. Yeah, the, the angles are good as well. You look at the one with the tiger fly, and like Luke, uh, Luke, Duke <laughs> being lowered down. Duke on the Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. It is brilliant. I think. I think that these these uh, for me are the best dios I've ever seen uh, in GI Joe terms. Anyway, and the, the, there have been some really good ones. And then not just that, but around the same time we get a gi joe club leaflet again from the netherlands that utilizes the same dio so it's the same from the same picture sets definitely shows the entire wave one team in one spectacular shot and the leaflet is entitled special orange board operati landschap which roughly translated is special offer operation landscape it might that's directly the, the the translation i'm sure all of the people from the netherlands are probably like no you idiot it's this oh but um, I won't keep being racist or xenophobic. Now, that one Dio picture is, again, is amazing, isn't it? When you look at all of them together, that's just incredible, I think, personally. Do you guys agree with me or do you, have you seen better Dios than that? They've done on some of the other um, packing leaflets. Uh, I mean, it, it, it'd be really cool to, if anybody's out there that's listening that grew up with this stuff, please get in touch and because we'd like to talk about it a bit more. But there, there was a lot done in Europe with a lot of uh, dio photography to advertise the toys, and some of them are brilliant. You know, I, there, was, there was a really cool one with Cobra Commander addressing, like, literally like a legion of uh, vipers and things awesome. like that. They, they, and, and there was another one with, like, snow serpents using, like, the, the you know, the little backpack motorized units where you got a drill... And they've literally just cut out of polystyrene, yeah. like tunnels, and got ladders and all these sorts I, I, of things. I re- yeah, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, they, they 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 did a series of similar sort of things, but like with different Action Force GI Joe products, and they were just really really cool. They you know spent a lot of time, effort, and energy putting putting these things together, and uh, it just shows a really. It's nice because what we got over here predominantly there was a few few differences, but predominantly was just reuse stock photography from like the states yeah it's always really really cool when someone was like well we're gonna do this and we're gonna run with it and create their own things and and then 
where you get results like this, it's just absolutely phenomenal. I can show you, I'll get a picture and we'll stick it on the show notes, the comp- complete polar opposite of this, of what is <laughs> terrible, absolutely going back to work experience like level, like why would you actually even sign that off and press the print button um it's really really bad and i'll i'll get some pictures of it uh and that was a uk one pretty much at the end of the line but the, 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 this is the best of it but it can quite easily go the other way as well <laughs> nice in 1991 we also get a product catalog that features the new team in all their glory uh this is where we get the famous image of all six euro exclusives on a desert landscape dio there is also an image that includes some of the previous wave uh, specifically roadblock and tripwire. There were also two fold-out toy poster leaflets that made the rounds packaged in the carded figures and the vehicles of the time. Both waves of Tiger Force figures and vehicles were shown in dynamic imagery, including the unproduced Recondo Deco pictured on the paw and the unreleased Tiger Force Torpedo piloting the Tiger Shark. <laughs> Pedo. Um, <laughs> I know. I started laughing as well. Talking about unreleased and unproduced, we're um, we're basically coming back to that. So now we get a few Tiger Force figures appear in product catalogs, and on the final product flyers and materials that never made it to production. The aforementioned 1991 European product catalogue features a number of interesting images. One is that of the unreleased Wild Bill piloting the Tigerfly. It's not a perfect image, but you can clearly make out that it is a repainted Wild Bill and his name is even written on the chopper on the edge of the cockpit where he sits. <laughs> uh, chopper. Again, we have images of all of these things. Not even a bloody thank you card. Also, uh, thanks to Yojo.com for supplying a lot of these images that I've been stealing recently. <laughs> He wasn't released in the US, and instead they had Recondo pilot the repainted Dragonfly. Another interesting point already mentioned previously was the fact that we changed the codename to Wild Bill anyway, even though it was the same Recondo figure. Speaking of Recondo, uh, <laughs> I have a really hilarious joke. Uh, there was also supposed to be a different paint deco version of the character that was intended to be another single carded figure in the US. He only ever got a prototype version, and we get a nice clear picture of him from a US product catalogue. He also appeared again in the 1990 German catalogue <laughs> in leather and driving <laughs> the Tiger Ball on both UK and European product flyers uh, we discussed earlier. The Recondo that was released as the Tiger Fly pilot got the intended Wild Bill colour scheme instead. Incidentally, Tiger Force Flint ended up in this uh, proto deco as well. The other prototype figures produced for this product catalog that featured the prototype Recondo deco were Duke, Dusty, Lifeline, Ripcord, and Sabretooth. Duke, Dusty, and Lifeline had very minimal differences in their builds and decos to what was finally released, but Sabretooth, a repainted 1984 Firefly, and Ripcord were never produced. Both figures were ultimately dropped, most probably due to the fact that the original models they were based on were temporarily licensed out for use in other foreign countries. Another interesting change was that of Tiger Force Thunder. While the head of Thunder, 1984, was eventually used to create the Tiger Rat pilot Sky Striker, this figure was listed in Hasbro paperwork under the name Thunder. We also nearly had a Tiger Force Torpedo. <laughs> Very little else is known about this figure that appeared in the 1990 German Action Force catalogue, other than he would have been released in a 1988 as a single-carded figure and only a prototype was created. 
we can just about make him out in this image in the tiger shark. In the US, Hasbro intended to release a Tiger Ray in the 1989 assortment, but alas, this didn't happen. The vehicle was a repaint of the 1987 Cobra Sea Ray vehicle and only made it to concept art in an in-house Hasbro promotional fold-out. That's the From the Vault, pretty packed full of shiz. Yeah, something else we should probably mention is some, when, when I discussed with Eddie about getting some images of the boxed vehicles, Eddie sent me a picture of his Tiger Fly, which was branded with an Action Force logo on it. And I saw it and I thought, hang about, we didn't get an Action Force branded Tiger Force run and also what i noticed was that it said ricondo under the ricondo figure on the front of the box that came with it so not only was it a uk or european i should say i will get to the point of what it is in a second so it would have should it surely would have been a wild bill you know name code name minimally it was ricondo it was action force branded and i thought what is going on not only that <laughs> but it also had the the design in the background like the the kind of explosion the electricity kind of style red electricity style kind of euro box design and i was like i was flummoxed i was like what the heck is going on all this research i'd done had been for nout <laughs> so um it finally um dave managed to work out via uh, jonathan hall so we'll shout jonathan hall out for this one for giving us the info on this and also the person that sold the item to Eddie in the first place, which is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, years ago. But it happens to be a French release. And we found out that uh, Tiger Force was released in France, Action Force branded, which is fantastic to know. So that's just another little added uh, extra. We'll throw an image of Eddie's uh, Tiger... I was going to say a Tiger Rat... But uh, that that's well, different. It's been but, called that before. <laughs> we'll put Eddie's Tiger Flies <laughs> up on the show notes so you can see the Action Force branding and the fact that it says Rakondo on it. So I thought he'd got some sort of weird, either super rare custom or something, but no, it was a, a an actual release in France. So that's another extra thing to add. So that's the from the vault. We can lock the door on that one now. has located the broadcast energy transmitter. Action Force can't stop us from capturing it now. They're off balance and undermanned. Hi there, and welcome to another edition of General's Joe and Tell. In this installment, I'll be looking in-depth at the two most recent figure subscription service shipments from the club and two exclusive hacks figures from Boss Fight Studio. I'll start with G.I. Joe Collector's Club Figure Subscription Service 4.0 Barricade. Guess what? I loved the 90s era of G.I. Joe. If you know me at all, that doesn't need to be said. It's nice to see that the club is looking at this era with Barricade here, but the execution of the figure is not as good as I would have hoped. The original figure this is based on was a bulky build, but still at a great range of motion. The FSS figure goes a different direction with the armor by using the much sharper and more detailed Rise of Cobra Accelerator Suit body and legs, and the 25th Battle Armor Cobra Commander arms. The arms choice is not a great one for flexibility at the elbows, however, and they end up looking rather stumpy in comparison to the rest of the body. The head sculpt is from the 25th anniversary Attack on Cobra Island Chuckles figure, and works well as a generic head in this case. Where the club has been known to mute the decos on, the, on these FSS figures in comparison with their original counterparts, this figure goes in the opposite direction. The gold is brighter, and doesn't quite have the same real metallic look as the original armor. They have clearly used a paint wipe detail, but the desired effect hasn't been achieved in my opinion. I also feel like they could have added more blue paint applications to the figure to break up the large amount of gold, 
but I understand the need to keep costs down in this case. The accessories, on the other hand, are fantastic. He comes with an awesome missile launching grappling hook on a stand, a gray shotgun, a gray machine gun, a blue pistol that goes in the gold belt holster around his waist, a blue breacher tool battle axe, a red and gold helmet, and a figure stand. The holster can be annoying as it won't stay flush with the leg, but I've been made aware that a small amount of time under a blow dryer helps the plastic move into a better position. I was really looking forward to this figure when it was revealed, but unfortunately I'm not 100% happy with the overall execution of the build and the look. I'm happy the club decided to do Barricade, I only wish they could have used more color breaks on what is really an awesome body design from that Rise of Cobra Accelerator suit. I give Barricade 3.1 out of 5 stars. G.I. Joe Collectors Club FSS 4.0 Cobra Night Creeper the Ice Ninja. I've always loved the Night Creepers. The idea that they are a high-tech band of ninjas has always been a cool concept, and I thought Larry Hama executed it really well in the comics throughout the 90s. Even with their strange purple color schemes, I thought they were pretty cool. When Hasbro revealed an updated build for the much-maligned 25th anniversary Night Creeper or Jokon a number of years ago, I was pretty ecstatic. I wasn't wild about the Cobra Island 7-pack version with those dated 25th anniversary parts. The more modern parts combination that we saw in that concept case was fantastic. The Collector's Club seemed to take a page from that book, but instead of giving us just a new classic-looking, or even better, Urban Strike version, they used a parts combo as a modern interpretation of the 1998 Toys R Us exclusive Arctic 3-pack. I'm pretty sure I could count the number of fans who wanted a modern update to that figure on one hand, but as a devout fan of the Night Creepers in general, I'm pretty happy to see any iteration of that figure in a modern format. I'm a big fan of the parts choices here. The Wave 1 G.I. Joe Retaliation Storm Shadow arms and legs make for a more appropriate fit for a high-tech ninja. The deco certainly stays true to the 1998 Arctic version of the figure with the white, silver, and blue, but I would have loved to have seen the original colors or even the Urban Strike camo utilized here instead. I totally understand the reasoning here and the budget involved, so it makes some sense to homage this version over the others. The figure comes with a pretty decent accessories, including a white crossbow with two parts, a black backpack, wavy sword, removable armor, hood and cape. The cape and backpack can't really be worn at the same time due to the short peg on the backpack. A minor inconvenience really, but annoying one all the same. I love the Night Creeper, but I'm not crazy about the deco. If we could have had an upgrade to the original deco or even the Urban Strike Team camo, then this would have been a perfect figure and a great update to the Night Creepers. As it is, the figure is still cool, with some great parts choices and fun accessories. I give the Night Creeper 3.5 out of 5 stars. G.I. Joe Collectors Club FSS 4.0 Pathfinder I didn't realize it or even understand it at the time, but 1990 gave us a ton of new characters and it's only looking back that I recognize the year was a soft reboot of sorts. Most of the figures came with elaborate accessories that really enhanced the play value of the toys. Pathfinder was no exception to this, coming with two hip-mounted machine guns and a weed whacker. We don't get the machine guns with this modern release due to some tooling restrictions, but we damn well get the awesome weed whacker in all its glory. Pathfinder has Lifeline's head, which works well in replicating his vintage look, and the removable hat looks like the original as well. It doesn't fit well in its intended position, but by flipping it around, you don't lose too much of that original vibe, and the hat stays on a lot better. Quinn provides the torso and arms, which mimic the 1990 version perfectly, because they're a new construction, the range of motion is impressive. There was a slight issue with the hands having too tight a grip for the handle of the large machine gun, but you can generally work with it. The G.I. Joe Retaliation era legs look great and have a cool baggy sculpt, but I struggle with the rocker ankles, and the footholds don't work well with the older style figure stands, so just standing up and posing in good positions can be very difficult. The deco is superb, 
and copies the original pants camouflage perfectly with a black base and orange and green stripe pattern over the top. I've already mentioned his hat, machine gun, and weed whacker, but he also comes equipped with a Pursuit of Cobra Jungle Strike Duke's backpack and flashlights, a gray pistol that fits in his hip holster, a machete, an axe, a removable vest, and a figure stand. All in all, Pathfinder is a very effective figure. The paintwork is really nicely done, and he's got a good number of fun accessories. A pretty great installment for the FSS 4.0. I give Pathfinder 3.8 out of 5 stars. G.I. Joe Collectors Club Figure Subscription Service 4.0, Jammerer. It's always a good day when we get a modern update to our favorite European Special Missions Force. I'm a pretty big fan of Jammer, even though he's essentially a slight repaint of our very own Stalker. A different shade of green coupled with a Z-Force logo, or Z-Force as Chris might prefer I say, on his chest, and a red beret made him stand out enough to make him interesting. Let's start with the incredible head sculpt from Boss Fight Studio. Originally used with a Tiger Force Stalker from the G.I. Joe Collectors Club 2015 Joe-Con set, it looks great and has an open mouth grin to boot. A strange choice was the 25th anniversary torso, however. It makes the figure look short and misproportioned and is less detailed than the rest of the parts. It does help to tie him in with the original 13 aesthetic, but at the same time I would have liked to have seen something different here. His legs are the updated original 13 legs that were last seen with the attack on Cobra Island Zap, and the discount store Duke, which is cool enough choice and fits the theme. His arms are more modern, large and baggy with the updated wrist joints, which is all well and good except they somewhat add to the misproportioned look, making the figure look somewhat top-heavy and creating a mismatch between the exceedingly wrinkled arms and the smooth torso. As much as I love the Pursuit of Cobra Shock Trooper arms, I can't help but think they don't jive 100% with the rest of the figure here. I'm glad to see the increased articulation, though. Perhaps if the club had used the Shock Trooper torso, the flow would have been a little bit better. Where this figure really does shine, however, is with the paint applications. The shade of green and black is fantastic and fits well with the Z-Force look and feel. The streak pattern of the black camouflage is exceptionally well done, and I love the striking color of red in the logo and the beret. Great to see the Union flag. Fun fact, it's only called the Union Jack when raised on a boat. On his right shoulder, too, which blends him well with Quarrel, Big Ben, and Blades, who both have that distinct patch on their uniforms as well. Great touch. As for accessories, it comes with some cool items. Even though the web gear covers a small amount of the Z-Force logo, he does look better than the more dated 25th web gear the Stalker came with. He has a removable red beret, which fits nicely on that superb head sculpt, a cool-looking black machine gun, a pistol for one of his holsters, a mobile phone for the other, Dialtone's backpack to continue the communications theme, and a silver figure stand. The backpack peg is slightly too large for the hole, which could lead to wear and tear on the peg over time. Jammer has great accessories, I'm a big fan of the character, and the paint apps are pretty terrific as well. Overall, I approve of the figure in most ways, I just wish the parts formula looked a little bit more consistent and uniform. I give Jammer 3.4 out of 5 stars. Those who steal the Golden Fleece must die. The Vitruvian Hacks Amazon Elite Warrior. This is the first human female figure that Boss Fight Studio have released exclusively available from Kokomo Toys and all the cool stuff. Amazingly, it is sculpted somewhat slimmer than the male human buck, 
but it is as sturdy as the male and maintains the same incredible range of motion without feeling delicate. This aspect has been fully field tested by my daughter as well, and it's still in one piece. Her upper torso and arms are the same as the Gorgons we've seen so far, though the Gorgons have a different lower torso to jive with their snake tails. She has the same bracers and similar chest armor as the snake ladies as well, and with an amazingly vibrant sort of brushed metal silver deco that really makes the figure pop. Unlike the Spartans, the leather skirt is a separate piece from the torso armor, and is sculpted to look remarkably like real leather with very fine texture bringing some great depth to this accessory. I also love the loop on the back, which enables the Amazon to hold her sword effortlessly back there. She can hold her sword more effortlessly than I can say the word effortlessly. The Amazon's paint scheme is terrific, with an excellent and realistic skin tone and these incredible paint tampo tattoos that are intricate and fantastic. They bring a ton of character to the figure, and the paint masks used to produce them are spectacular. I love the look. She has flawless articulation, and even though rocker ankles are used here, they don't affect the peg holes for the figure stand, which makes it easier to pose her. Another great aspect of the figure is that she is armed to the teeth with accessories. Are you ready for this? She comes with two axes, two separate helmets, a shield, a sword, and a spear. The shield has a new deco, which looks really great. Like the other female Gorgons, she can hold her shield much better than the male figures. It looks truly imposing what she's all decked out with her gear. Exclusive in the U.S. to Kokomo Toys and internationally to all the cool stuff, this Amazon Elite Warrior has been selling quite briskly. If you want one for yourself, as well you should, you should pull the trigger quickly. She's got great construction, terrific articulation, and a really exciting paint scheme which all combines to give us a really great figure and an excellent introduction to the female human form within Vitruvian Hacks. I give her a very enthusiastic 4.2 out of 5 stars. The Vitruvian Hacks Ultimate Spartan the New Jersey Collectors Convention Ultimate Spartan figure is more than just a repainted figure, especially so early in the line's life. For the most part, the Ultimate Spartan is the same base figure as the standard release Spartan, with the excellent sculpting and articulation we've already gotten used to with the other figures. He has fantastic range of motion in his elbows and knees, and I just love the number of different dynamic poses he can get into, just like the other figures. I find that I don't mind the fact that he closely resembles other Spartans as it makes it easier to troop build and add some variety to your Spartan legions. I really like the Leonidas head sculpt with the long, bushier beard and pretty distinctive look on his face. I would encourage Boss Fight to find a way to maybe get more spare heads out in accessory packs, because once Leonidas is released, I would think you might want to differentiate the ground troops a little bit more. The blanks will be a good start, but I know I'm not a big fan of eye painting. The Ultimate Spartan Paint Deco is fantastic as well. Covered from head to toe in realistic mud and blood splatter, he looks like a trooper that has been through the worst that battle has to offer. His skin tone is a bit darker than the other Spartan as well, which is a nice addition to the figure. The spatter detail work is fantastic with different layers of color differences that really make the Spartan stand out and look exciting. I love that detail work, and although I only bought a single standard Spartan warrior, I made sure to get a couple of the ultimates, as it makes sense to me that the ground troops would be the ones that get themselves a little dirtied up. Aside from the addition of the really nice spatter detail, the ultimate Spartan comes with a ton of accessories, many of which have not been seen before. Several different swords, a familiar scabbard and spear, four different helmets, two axes, two different shields, plus the armor and leather skirt that the standard Spartans come with. All of these different accessories really encourage army building as you can deck out a bunch of Spartans with a bunch of different accessories to really build out your Spartan army and have them all look pretty different. Each weapon fits seamlessly into the Spartan's hand with the exception of the shields, but that's a known issue at this point with a handle at the end. Right now the recommendation is to remove the hand at the wrist, slip the shield handle on, then plug the hand back in. 
As an exclusive to the New Jersey Collectors Convention, the Ultimate Spartan is a pretty fantastic addition to an already robust line of Vitruvian Hacks figures. I remain ecstatic every time I get a new figure in the mail, and find a lot to love about pretty much every one of them. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the box art for the Ultimate Spartan as well. It really is fantastic, very dramatic, and really fun. A nice presentation for the NJCC exclusive. Once again, I enthusiastically give the Ultimate Spartan 4.3 out of 5 stars. Tomax, the BET is activating Action Forces weapons! Friend of the show, and now new sponsor of the Full Force, Dead Gent Clothing, have kindly offered one lucky listener the opportunity to win two exclusive Full Force t-shirts. You will have to answer the following questions correctly and email the show at thefullforce at allthecoolstuff.co.uk to be in with the chance of getting the tees. The questions are 1. Which European exclusive Tiger Force member was born in Basildon, Essex? 2. Out of the six Tiger Force vehicles released in Europe and the UK, which ones did not come with a figure? 3. What was the title of the Tiger Force written story printed in the 1991 G.I. Joe, the Action Force Annual? You will have until Sunday, May 15th at 11.59pm to get your answers in and the winner will be announced on the Facebook page at lunchtime the following day. The winner will receive two exclusive Full Force t-shirts that won't be available anywhere else. We will need your size, style and colour choice to go with the awesome custom Full Force pocket courtesy of Dead Gent Clothing. So get those answers sent in and good luck. Equally well executed. Duke took the film in my camera, but not in my earrings. We'll soon know everything we need to penetrate the Force's stockade. So now we move on to a new segment. Well, it's just one that we haven't done for a while because no one ever messages us, but the mailbag. So we've been getting a lot of messages and emails recently, so we thought we would start opening a mailbag segment so that you can have your questions answered or just get a shout-out on the show. You quite like mailbags. I do. I love them, including my own. I like female bags. Fun bags. First up, shout-out to Brian Nichols for sending us his G.I. Joe book Operation Road Trip that he has released on Kindle Worlds. And I quote, I'm no Justin Bell, but there are a few good knob jokes in the book. We really appreciate that, Brian. Your book is now in my reading queue. That queue has one book in it currently. Added to that, Brian shed some light on the Kindle Worlds country restrictions, saying... Hi guys, just listening to the latest episode and had some insight to share about Kindle Worlds. I think the country limitations are more to do with the author. I am currently trying to publish a book from Canada and was required to fill out tax information and provide a US bank account for loyalty, royalty payments even. Ah, loyalty. Let me know if you are interested in more details about it. Love the pod and you could win. Up to £10,000. <laughs> uh, well, we are interested, Brian, so thank you for that. And if you have any other details, just send them in to us at the usual addresses, pages or tweets. Brent McMillan wrote in to say... All right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Love the podcast, guys. Threw a shrimp on the barbie and it's a great laugh and covering a really interesting line of which we only saw briefly in New Zealand, Cobba. Just wondering where you came across the Sambo-style remix music, yay yeah, 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 throughout the interlude. It sounds really great. 
Well, thanks, Brent. Uh, we really appreciate your kind words. To answer your question, I produce all the music using samples from the Sunbow cartoon, then I chop them up, add drum beats and other instruments or even vocal samples to make them sound interesting. I'm glad you like the music and there will be a ton more tracks created for future episodes, so keep listening. John McCrea sent us a Facebook message saying... Hi, Dave, Chris and Eddie. Love your podcast, fellas. Uh, makes me laugh out loud and helps turn my lambing household chores into something me and Hansy enjoy with your witty exchanges. I have a question. I know Patty Lennon mentioned this on the previous podcast. Uh, you guys cover all the non-superhero 3.75 one-eighteen scale figures. Hope that guy gets his single hack figure. Uh-huh. <laughs> But what about a shout-out to Acid Rain World? I'd love to know your thoughts on this exciting and super articulated line. Perhaps worth a small discussion on your next episode. If you guys have any experience, Kaffa, with them, thanks. Uh, keep up the fine work, gents. I've checked it and I think I have avoided all innuendos in this message. Uh, signing off, Henzi. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Diplomatic immunity. For, firstly, John, we don't bother avoiding innuendo in this show, so there's no point for you to avoid it either. Secondly, let's have a little talk about Acid Rain World then. Um, I did promise Acid in Acid Rain, Acid Rain. <laughs> that's, um, acid ra- that's actually very, that's a very, you know, current topic, Prince, but that's completely different. Um, yeah, so... Acid Rain World, highly articulated, pretty intense figures and, and that particular scale is amazing. Paddy has talked about it with us briefly. That's something that he collects. I mean, I personally don't collect any Acid Rain World figures. I'm aware of the brand and I think that some of the, you know, the stuff they do is insane. And it probably would be something I would be interested in if they didn't have all of the other brands that i collect but it's definitely something that's on my radar what about you guys is that some is that something that you know about or is it something you've just got no idea about or what tell me what you think it's something that i've tried several times to distribute into the uk and just never got a response back and it was extremely frustrating because and, and this this is a few years ago and a lot of messages were going backwards and forwards, but it, just like nothing. And then before you know it, other uh, uh, retailers are distributed, but there's st- still nothing in Europe. But you can get it through like Big Bad Toy Store, for example. Yeah. It kind of tainted my outlook towards it because it's like I'm trying to, ha- and it's talking about Rollout Roll Call being a, a platform to help promote this thing to a fan base that would probably take to it quite quickly but uh just never really got any kind of uh response back on it so that kind of killed that killed my enthusiasm for it if i'm honest because i I was really really hoping yeah anything that i'm really into i really want to like try and support and as a fledgling business, get it out there, but uh, it was not to be, sadly. That's a shame. Um, Eddie, is this a, a line that you're aware of or something that you are interested in? It, to be fair, it's, it's not something that I'm particularly aware of at all. 
Um, okay. If I'm honest. That's cool. Just to kind of give you a, a heads up, it's like dystopian future G.I. Joe kind of looking. Everything's very dirty and not like sexy dirty, but like, you know, <laughs> the, they've got, the, there are like mechs and there are like the, the kind of the soldiers and stuff that really cool. They've got like, you know, kind of like the gas mask kind of style, a lot of them, because as if like the, you know, the air is all messed up. It's very Mad Max, isn't it? But like, kind yeah, of military, say, like, right, military Mad it's, Max. It's like a cross between a lot of Games Workshop. So Warhammer yeah. 40,000 yeah. and 2000 AD influence with like Rogue Trooper. and I definitely uh, think it's something I would be like really into if I, you know, set aside the time to actually collect it and, and, and go, kind of delve into it a bit. It's it, They look amazing. You know, like I've, I've seen quite a few of the, the figures and stuff. And like Dave says on Big Bad Toy Store, you, you often see kind of like listings for certain, you know, um, characters of theirs and and Paddy said he was getting one of those mechs wasn't he last time we spoke to those guys so that I mean it, it looks amazing stuff but yeah it, it's I suppose the the lack of ability to kind of actually buy it anywhere I mean Big Bad Toy Store is great and all but I mean shipping is a fortune on that site some independent toy companies uh, some retailers want to sew up exclusivity deals um, so it's like the only place that you can really get get those things and, and distribute it out through, which is on one hand great, but it does limit the choice because you are in like what you say there, it, it, you are then being hammered for like the shipping. You need a couple of distribution avenues to really cover the, as, as best as possible, uh, is my feeling. But that's, that's cool. I, I, I did promise him that we would talk about it, so that's that's us done. <laughs> I'm probably destroying your surname, John. I'm going to say John McCree, uh, and I apologise if McLean. John, John McCree. I apologise if that's not how you say it. Take Let us know jump. if I've if I've ruined your surname. And uh, again, really ap- apologies for that. But thank you for writing in and thank you for listening. We really appreciate that. Rory Connolly also Facebooked us asking, "Hey, folks." <laughs> Hope you're well. <laughs> For some time now, I've been trying to find an Action Force wristwatch I had when I was younger. I think I might have got it from an Action Man or G.I. Joe club I signed up for. I can't even find a picture of it online. How's Dave managing to sound like a farmer and a paedophile at the same time? <laughs> a farmer-file. A Now, wait a second. Sorry. Would you have any info about watches? All I can remember is that it had a compass and the strap was green and it was made from material. Many thanks. Regards, Rory. <laughs> yeah, it's Rory, I, th- I believe. But yeah, with about 12 U's, A's and I's in it. We like that, Rory. We like weird names. Thanks for contacting us on that one, Rory. Um, guys, any ideas uh, about this watch? I know I, I, the, the message I sent back to Rory at the time was obviously the, the, the classic green watch that uh, the Action Force Club kicked out, the camo green one which uh, uh, immediately, as I sent to him, realised that wasn't what he was talking about. He was talking about one with a compass in it that had more of a material-style strap. Do you remember that at all? I cannot picture it, so it might have been Action action Man era. I kind of do. You do remember it? I kind of do, yeah. Do you know if it was a club kind of situation or a mail-in kind of jobby? I think it came as part of a membership. Ah, right, okay. And you, you would have got, like, the membership pack the watch i've seen the watches for sale in the past 
Okay. And I think it came with the the membership, so you get a watch and various other bits. But that's what I seem to think. Do you either of you guys have one of those? As much of the merchandise as I've got, I haven't got the watch. Okay. It's so, one of those things. I'm, I'll be honest. I've never really gone for some of the wider merchandising related to to Action Force. To be honest, okay. uh, there's some cool things out there like bars of soap and and bits and pieces like that. Um, but whenever yeah, the soap's amazing, isn't it? Whenever I've had those, I've normally sort of given Eddie a quick shout, like posters and yeah, coloring books and stuff like that. Matt, Matt Paul, actually, just just very quickly, Matt Paul might be a guy to drop a line to because he's he's into a lot of that stuff. Oh, brilliant! Well, maybe we can do the research on uh, Rory's behalf on that one, uh, unless Rory knows Matt Paul on Facebook. But thanks anyway for contacting us, Rory. We can't help you directly because we're imbeciles. But um, <laughs> no, um, I, I think Eddie will has confirmed that you aren't seeing things and that you definitely did have a, a an Action Man wristwatch back in the day. We will try and, if we do find anything about that or any more information, we will uh, post it up and we will definitely try and tag you in it or at least message you back on the Facebook page. Friend of the show and avid listener, Bill Ledson, wrote to us asking the following. Uh, Hi guys, loving the podcast. Uh, (laughs) Just out of interest, a recent story popped up uh, that Robert J. Walsh, one of the composers, was in talks or has agreed to release the Sunbile Transformers G1 cartoon soundtrack. Uh, which the late Johnny Douglas and still alive Robert J. Walsh worked on and used for numerous Sunbile cartoons such as Transformers, G.I. Joe, Action Force, in a Cockney accent, and Muppet Babies. Uh, What are your thoughts and opinions on this? I know on some of the early music scores for the G.I. Joe and Transformers cartoons, uh, some of Johnny Douglas' pieces were used of uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and I think of uh, Dungeons and Dragons 2 so we might have to get a little impression of that from Davy Tree Uh, do you think this will contain both composers work or just Robert J. Walsh Uh, to me it does make a lot of sense if we have access to the soundtracks which are each for two and a half hours long movie it makes even more sense to have access to a full soundtrack uh, which accompanied 97-ish Transformers and 120-ish G.I. Joe 20-minute episodes as a kid and as a fan are you going to hear more and subconsciously become accustomed to do you think this could happen for other shows now many thanks and to keep the great work bill letson we actually spoke about this in depth during the news bill so hopefully we uh, answered your questions then i say in depth probably didn't cover it as as deeply as your question asks uh, any other thoughts on this guys i mean is this something you uh, think you'd be interested in across other cartoons uh that's something we didn't really discuss in the uh, previous news segment yeah <laughs> and and also what other what other cartoon soundtracks do you think were so awesome that you'd like to kind of have in a soundtrack kind of department i think jason the world warriors was amazing thundering across the stars to save the universe from the monster minds Jace searches for his father to unite the magic root and lead his lightning league to victory over the changing form of Sawboss. Wheeled warriors explode into battle. Lightning strikes. There's a power that comes from deep inside
well, I've got uh, a double CD of ba- uh, Battlestar Galactica, uh, Battle of the Planets. Oh, wicked. Uh, by Hoyt Curtin. And it is <laughs> that sounds really... Like, that sounds like someone telling you to close the curtain really hard. Yeah, yeah. Just Hoyt Curtin. The curtain. Sorry. Uh, which I have no idea who he is. I'm guessing he's probably Japanese, given that uh, it's Gacha Man. Uh, and Battle of the Planets was like yeah. a sort of uh, remake of it. young people with superpowers and watching over them from center neptune seven zark seven watching warning against surprise attack by alien galaxies from beyond space Protecting Earth's entire galaxy. Always five, acting as one. Dedicated, inseparable, invincible. But uh, some of it is actually really, really good. Um, there's ones that we've got um, at home, Amazon Prime, and I'm watching things like Thundercats, the original series. Oh, and that you Panthro realize... music in the background is so good. But, when Panther ever but, turns up, but, oh, it's a but, banger. They literally only have about six theme tunes, and yeah. that's it. And yeah. it's just literally one episode after next, and you start going, "Oh God!" You know, like but not only Panthro cheesy, comes on, but like, but like the um, well, you saying that Chitara's one is quite good because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, Panthers is amazing. It's ding 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 ding. <laughs> but you, you watch it again. There's, there's no variety there. Uh, by comparison, to some some things would be really good. Sorry, but other, others I'm not so sure about. And they've probably been done already. As to what what hasn't been, what ones would I like to see? Well, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm more of a intro theme music guy, so uh, which you can easily get by just sticking into YouTube and then getting Mysterious Cities of Gold and...
Ulysses 31 and things oh, like that. Ulysses, so. No one else can do the things you do. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty easy enough to, to, to listen to. That should uh, answer your question, Billups. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lovely, to, um, lovely to get you uh, contacting us again. You, you're, the, you're like the main message guy, I think. Uh, so keep, keep him coming in, Bill. Any questions, we will uh, shout you out on the show. Okay, encyclopedic G.I. Joe and Starcom collector Patrick Stewart dropped a line. He said, I'm terribly behind on <laughs> my podcast and listening, largely because I like to have several episodes on hand before I get addicted and I am forced to stop. So I am now just listening to episodes of The Full Force from late last year. Bloody hell. After starting up The Full Force Series 2. I really love listening, and I'm wondering where you guys prefer feedback and if you even want further discussion on topics you bring up. I really like the season one intro song, by the way. I like that feedback. What a a suck up. God damn it. You pulled. I liked hearing all the points of view regarding how bring back Brian... (laughs) Brian 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 Blood. Bring back Brian (laughs) Brian Blood. <laughs> Bring Brian Ironblood back into the mix with the current GI Joe. I definitely think it's something worth ironing, ironing out. Amazing. Sorry. Oh yeah. And I am sure that it would need to be done differently for each continuity. But since many characters remain in generally the same role, regardless of the continuity. For what? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to bleep that. Of course, of. Of course, <laughs> it is still a somewhat delicate thing to handle. A bit like <gasps> this letter. <laughs> I, I have plenty of my own ideas, but what motivated me to write in was the discussion that unfolded as you guys were brainstorming. I think you mentioned that it would be neat if he was much older than he seems, almost cheating death. Maybe he could be reimagined as partially robotic. Outside of the UK, where he was Komoda or Commander. Komoda. Brian Komoda. Maybe in other continuities, he could just be revealed as having been behind the foundation of Cobra. He is this genius guy who always just kind of been there lurking in the shadows. Combine that with the fact that the troops who would follow him in World War II German influences, and I felt the burning need to point out that you guys pretty much have perfectly described General Blitz from Sergeant Savage. That's a good point. At first, I thought, silly guys, there's already a G.I. Joe character. But then, putting even more thought into it, what if General Blitz is Baron Iron Blood? Dun, dun, dun. 
Or at least somehow they were in cahoots and working together. <laughs> Even without all the speculation on how to regenerate Iron Ironblood into reintegrate Brian Ironblood <laughs> into the brand, the two have some great similarities that would be complementary. By the way, I asked Dave at JoeCon 2010 if there was any chance we could see a Baron Ironblood. And as I recall, the club was avoiding it because they didn't want to contradict the origin for the UK fans. That seems wise and is fine by me, but I don't need my configures to take place chronologically. And with the FSS existing, I really wish there was still time to get a Baron Ironblood out there for further exposure to the masses. I'm guessing that they probably would have considered him for the FSS figure, since those that don't fall into that particular point of the story world... Anyway, great job on the podcast. I'm still getting caught up on my commute to work each day. I just wanted to throw in my two cents on a fun topic. Pat, not Picard, Stuart. That's fantastic. Thank you, Pat. We really appreciate your contacting us. And uh, Chris, may I just interject uh, just briefly <laughs> that the irony that, that Dave has to read out a letter from Patrick Stewart. <laughs> is this a hair joke this is a hair joke okay yeah. good okay carry on bud um no that is a very good point and one that we'll be putting in the show notes uh side by side comparison of uh picard and dave tree um but thank you <laughs> thank you very much pat no, for, thank you for, <laughs> for contacting us we really appreciate it now that, that is super great because for people that don't know pat he is literally a walking encyclopedia for gi joe toys and also starcom as well and I'd, i hadn't realized until we got talking i'd been part of a message board for starcom for like 10 15 years and i remember seeing that as like uh not picard on there not realizing it's the same guy I mean, of course it is, but like, <laughs> <laughs> that is the same guy here. So, uh, it, it, Sherlock it, Tree. It, 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 it was quite weird. It's like, oh, no way. Um, so, yeah, that was, um, that was really cool to sort of, you know, those pieces to fall into place. But, uh, no, thank you very much for your uh, letter there, Pat. You'll probably be listening to this in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. What, well, when it got... first gets released? <laughs> yeah. Well, probably double. Happy that birthday, time. what's on Joe Mind? Yeah, happy sixth episode in 12 years to what's on your mind. Um, <laughs> that's it for the mailbag this month. If you have any questions or you just want to heap praise on us, please either email the show on the full force at allthecoolstuff.co.uk, message us on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash the full force, or tweet us at the full force. We will read your comments out on the show unless you tell us otherwise. Moving on. We got in, Eduardo Inman. If you'd like to take us through your what we got in stuff, please, my man. So I, I, I got in some. I got a Palatoy T-shirt, uh, which just says Palatoy on the front. Beautiful. Does that make you Mr. Palatoy? It does, yeah. Uh, and I, and I got one with um, uh, mint in box on the front as well, which is rather cool. Uh, I got an R2D2 watch. Cool. Which I showed Chris on Sunday. It's good, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. Felt very cool. Yeah, uh, extremely cool, yeah. I also got the Hacks uh, Amazonian figure. Oh, yeah, she's amazing. 
which is really awesome. And I also I was I went over to visit my sister, who is a, a bit weird, <laughs> and she said, "Oh, she said I've got some Lego for sale." And I said, "Well, what is it?" And she said, "She's got the Lego Simpsons house, the creator set, the restaurant set, the pet shop, detective shop." I was going to say the Pet Shop Boys one. Yeah, the Pet Shop Boys and the cinema. Wow. And I said, great, how much do you want for it? So she gave me a price. I was like, what the f***? This is amazeballs. So I said yes straight away. What I didn't realise was that she'd broken them into pieces but threw them into two containers. <laughs> uh, all mixed to f***. <laughs> so I've got over 10,000 pieces of Lego, which I have painstakingly sorted through. God. into different colour bags and then I'm having to sift through each bag to find the pieces I need for each set. Do you have the uh, instructions like online I or have, something? I, I have the instructions but what I'm having to do is where you've got the um, the stock count on the back of the yeah. books I'm going through each colour to find the right amount of pieces then I mark them off and then I move on to the next bit so god you've even made lego really admin yeah heavy. yeah i've, I've <laughs> i know it's that's it, just how i roll i've done the cinema awesome that's built awesome but to do that i've had to sift through because it's over ten thousand pieces thirty thousand wow. pieces of lego that's nuts man and and i've just started sifting through for the second set jeez but i did probably save myself about 600 quid yeah, that's so, always a bonus. So that's a, that's a real Brucey bonus. But it will take me years to to do this. That's wicked, man. Nice little project. Yeah. And you're and you're trying to build like an entire street, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've got um I've got various other sets now. Because uh, I wanted to go with the Ghostbusters Lego firehouse, so it looks uh, cool. So it's just a, a nice street scene. Yeah. So that, that's kind of uh, what what I've got in. Fantastic, Dave. Well, we mentioned at the start of the episode. Uh, we just had Farvis from the weekend, and I managed to get a couple of bits. A carded uh, Jawa for £2,750. <laughs> Not quite, but I managed to get a couple of, of the trade catalogues that I like. So oh, I got two Tomy ones from Japan for 19.99, and they all focus on the Episode 1 release for Star Wars. Uh, so it's really cool. And what's, what's quite interesting, so normally when you see these like a Hasbro one it just only contains the Hasbro toys but where Tomy was like the distribution partner for Hasbro for the the Japanese market it's got in there not just Hasbro but also applause uh, which did like vinyl figures and um, some of the other sort of licenses that were producing toys at the time Wicked. Uh, which is kind of, it's, it's kind of uh, the first time I've seen like I guess like a third party license catalog in, in, in that sense um, which is really quite cool to um, to see it's all in Japanese but um, th- there's some pretty neat stuff in there I also got uh, very kindly from uh, Nick at Toys and Games uh, ID, ID Toys and, Boys Gays and Games and, yeah. um, uh, Nick very kindly gave me a uh, you mean Skinny Chris uh, Skinny Chris <laughs> no, up, up your, up sh- your sh- Nick gear. <laughs> Uh, gave me a, Chris. Uh, a Star Wars fanzine, which is uh, from 1991, but just literally something that someone's typed out. Well, it's, actually, it's actually someone I know who who ran a magazine, a fan-made magazine back then. 
and typed it all out and then photocopied and then sold copies of it uh, via the mail. Uh, so that was really cool to get uh, a, a copy of that. Still on the X-Wing tip. <laughs> Just the tip, though. Yeah, got a couple of ships in. Uh, we've been playing that, which has been pretty cool. And that's... I'm sure there's something else. Um, you got oh, those, uh, yeah, you got those that... new Tramp tyres, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, Tramp, tramp tyres. <laughs> that sounds like Trump Towers. Trump Towers. I'm a crazy American! Yeah! Donald I knew Trump. there was something else. I got the uh, Lego hand carbonite chamber which is really neat so just a I've little got, tiny I've, set I've, I've got that that's that's really cool isn't it yeah and you like twiddle it and you can change it from like hand solo into the carbonite block and you got the little torture rack and a little working left uh, but the best of all you got the little ugnaught um and that's that's what i i love about that set that's me how awesome. about you christopher well before we start have i got time to write war and peace 2 make a coffee Go for a run, sleep for eight hours, uh, go to work for a week. Have I got time to do all that, Chris? Or I'd, I'd have finished it. I'd in? have finished it in the time that you'd, you'd taken to say that. Okay, that's a lie. Um, okay, so the night, last Dave. episode that we did, <laughs> night guys. The last episode that we did, Bye, I was still in Vegas, <laughs> and I didn't LA. quite add. Yeah, sorry, LA. I didn't quite add a few. I got a few more bits just before I left. So I, one more day. <laughs> In the states, I managed to sneak a couple more figures from Rogue Toys in uh, downtown Vegas. Uh, Sweet button down. Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> Ben's collectibles or Brad's collect Brad's collectibles. I apologise. Ben's, Ben's collectibles is something completely different. <laughs> Burnt collectibles. So, so I picked up uh, Battlecore GI Joe Metalhead and Battlecore Shipwreck on card. Very lovely. Um, glad that I got those bad boys. And Flak Viper on card too. When I got home to the UK, I was pleasantly surprised to find I'd been sent a Jay Diller figure from Rap Cats, which is just amazing. The little producer, uh, rest in peace, uh, with his little NPC, which is amazing. He's, he's such a cool little vinyl figure. I love him. Then I also managed to find, thanks to Kevin Watts for getting me the Ultimate Spartan from New Jersey Comic Con and sending that through. So thank you very much. Also, new uh, sponsor of the show, Dead Gent Clothing. Afan sent me tons of t-shirts two turtles pockets ones and then uh, 11 gi joe pocket t-shirts in various black gray and white uh colors and designs uh yes individually there is a pocket on each there's 11 of them have you got anything smart to say every time i say something dave yes good i managed to get a car which is my (laughs) biggest what i got in (laughs) awkward um, I got nothing to, smile. You got nothing say, to say about that. that. Okay, good. Um, which so who I'm, bought the car, Chris? I did with my money that I, so I, that I have that, lots of. I I can't say anything about the car because I'm deeply upset about it. Because Why? the Ford Ka has now been burnt to death. Yeah, it's actually still in the driveway. The Ford Ka. Why um, did you drop you, down? I, I must admit, I always remember. I always imagined me being that tall guy with the lanky legs in The Simpsons driving that that car yeah. and when he gets out it's all like massive and yeah that no i well, know when, I when afford... you were in the car from the back it looked like um mario car <laughs> <laughs> head out the sunroof knees outside yeah. uh throwing banana skins out the back and turtle four, four, shells four skins four skins and yeah 
brilliant <laughs> so yeah the mo- uh, uh, yeah so i've got a ford focus which is lovely and automatic so i'm it's like being in the u.s all over again i also got from in demand toys when i got back uh, a crap load of uh, black series six inch we uh, including uh, Finn in his disguise, Django, Captain Phasma, which I realised I'd already got, the Flame Trooper, Tie Fighter Pilot, Clone Trooper, oh, and Han as well, Old Han. Have you gone for all of, all of those then? Yeah, I think I've got everything in the new, the newest waves, and I got a Hot Rod masterpiece, uh, which is amazing. I love him; he's great. Uh, and also a bit of a story with this one: my GI Joe Collectors Club FSS figures. Bit of a bit of a disaster. I didn't upgrade. I didn't update my address, so I get I get on the FSS login. So I get home thinking I'll have all these FSS figures to look at, and I've got nothing. So I contact everybody I know to try and help me out with it and it turns out I didn't update my address I'm an idiot and it went to my old address in Norwich so I had to go to the post office depot and plead with them to get my figures back I got two the two most recent sets so I got um uh, what's his name Barricade Ice Ninja Jammer and Pathfinder but the first two the first first shipment first two figures have gone back to the US so I'm getting the club to send them back to me, and uh, I've apologised greatly for my imbecilic manoeuvre. And then, of course, at farthest from, I managed to pick up loads of stuff that wasn't Star Wars related. A Plasterama G.I. Joe Rattler, which is beautiful box. Thank you, Dave. And all, this is all from all the cool stuff. Uh, G.I. Joe Persuader, which I do have one already, but I, I just I didn't remember, so I got another one. <laughs> so I've got two boxed Persuaders. Um, the Plasterama versions, a carded torpedo on Palatoy card, carded SS boat patrol, um, two Amazon hacks figures, and then the Carnekis, the wonderful Carnekis, Andrew and, and Fur, gave me the book three and book four of the Tur- Hero Turtles TV cartoon book adaptations, and a couple of little Mega Blocks turtles as well, which are amazing. So thank you very much to you guys for sending me, for giving me those, and thank you Dave as well for all the cool stuff's wonderful plasterama um, backlog <laughs> that I've managed to buy into. Um, yeah, Woo! so that is me on the what we got in. Not as long, I hope you agree. So let's go to shout-outs. Uh, obviously, Nick and Mass ID Toys, they never get a shout-out, so we might as well give them one. Any others, fellas? I would like to thank my sister for uh, messing with my f***ing life in, in such a way... Uh, to give me the biggest Lego project in the history of the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you, sister. I'd like to shout out to everybody who has written in and uh, keep keep them coming. It's it's something that uh, we've not had before. And <clears throat> if, if you found it ridiculously annoying with us reading those out, then please keep sending us messages <laughs> keep them coming in <laughs> and we will keep annoying you yeah exactly. and i'll tell you what we will, we will every we will, single person we will them. we will pledge now we will do a different accent for every single one i can't guarantee that yes <laughs> we will Dave's going to recycle that pakistani doctor a few times i think in that in that segment. or whichever the 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 one that started off as a, a yorkshire cockney i love all of that both of you were superb during that segment <laughs> Considering we hadn't, I'd only just we'd only mentioned it briefly on what we were going to do. You guys <laughs> nailed it, and yeah, we're going to be doing that every not just every episode, every day 
<laughs> uh, I'd also like to shout out, obviously, Boss Fight Studio. Their hacks figures are around the corner and are coming, you know, the second shipment are coming very, very soon. What's on Joe Mind? Congratulations, you've released an episode. Now, you, now, hopefully, we'll get another one in a month and not in another year. So, um, yeah, we, we, uh, we've missed you guys. Uh, Justin Bell, obviously, for posting our episodes on Generals Joe's and for doing the reviews and all the other stuff he does for us. He's amazing. Our new sponsor and competition contributor, Afan Mirza from Dead Gent Clothing. Thank you very much, buddy. We really appreciate your help. Uh, and also, good luck to the uh, to everybody listening who uh, goes in for the competition. And one more, Kate Kirkwood is coming to Roll Out Roll Call, and she is the one that made the amazing, amazing Robo Skull at JoeCon, and she's going to be bringing it over for Roll Out Roll Call. So the guys uh, that... Um, you know, uh, big fans of the 12 inch. Wee! And obviously, Robo Skulls, um, you're going to love what she brings to the table. Okay? That brings us to the end of another great show. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to my co host, Dave and Eddie, to Justin Bell for giving us the news and reviews, and to you, the listeners, who pay a great price to listen to this. Your souls. Full Tiger Force Force. <sighs> Bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. Something else has been missing. Is Chris hasn't done an Arnie impression yet? <laughs> um, also, we haven't mentioned Steve Dawson on the show yet. Oh, just did. Done. Yeah, boom. Yeah. Bye, Chris. Steve bye. and his, like, rubbish swordfish fetish. Bye, bye, Chris. Bye, bye. Steve. Well, I don't want to even say, like, bye, Chris. Bye, Chris. Bye. Bye. You should be signing off. You should be going to bed right now. It's like one o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? Go to bed. It's just what? What time is it? Who is your daddy? What does he do? I love the new theme tune, by the way. It's freaking awesome. I love it. Do you mean, are you forcing me to make another theme tune? No, no, I'm saying no, because when we listened to the last episode, that was sorry, the, first we, the last episode, we didn't hear the theme tune. Now, this is the first episode of Series 3, we've heard the theme tune, and I'm saying it's really, really awesome. I appreciate that very much, thank you. Oh, I love it. Oh, cool. Um, I think you said it's because I don't rap on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first one, right, yeah. Because you don't rap on it. Strap on it. Strap on it. Yeah. There'll be. Yeah. I've got loads of them in the pipeline. In the old. In the flue. Piano commander will be impressed. Oh, that. Yeah. The piano commander. There's a. There's a thing. So, do do we know any more about this guy yet? I mean, this was a bunch of episodes ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Piano commander. Um, Yeah. Have you worked out who it is yet? Well, uh, Well, piano commander, who are you? Who, who are you? Hashtag the piano commander. The 12 inch pianist. <laughs> is he a 12 inch or is he a 3 3 quarter? Well, if I'm the piano commander, then it would be a mask figure or a star comp figure. <laughs> anyway, Zoids. Actually, that's better. Uh, <laughs> anywho. Um, yeah, I think we better go. And now you shall feel my wrath. Oh, I could get a real kick out of that. And now you shall feel my wrath. Oh, I could get a real kick out of that. What the bloody blue blazes is gone on? Ding, 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 ding.
failed. Goodbye and thank you for listening to The Full Force.